What's going on, guys? Welcome to the best of 2017 mentally triggered episode. And that's right. You heard it here. The best of 2017. We're going to go through the last 20 episodes of mentally triggered and throw together some of the most fantastic clips from each episode for your enjoyment. The big man, Matt Meinrod is out this week. So you just got me, the swole data three, Luke Lazenby. That's right. I just rhymed all that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this shit because it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to 2018. Like, subscribe, and enjoy Mentally Triggered. And welcome, everybody. This is your debut episode of Mentally Triggered. I am one of your co-hosts, National Sales Manager and Web Contact Manager for Redcon One, Matt Meinrod. And with me is our Tier Operator Director. Is that right, Luke? Manager. Manager. We'll go with manager. Director's a little bit more official, but... Uh, Brand affiliate. Luke Lazenby, how are you, Luke? I'm welcome awesome. to the first show. Yeah, man. I'm awesome. I'm excited. Let's get this going. This is very cool, because uh, let's, let's, let's talk about who we are, for those who cool. don't know. Um, if you guys don't know me, my name's Matt Minerod, and I've been uh, in bodybuilding for five years. Um, started up with RX Muscle, and then I started Project Bodybuilding, and I've been working with Aaron Singerman at Redcon for the past year. But I've been working with Aaron for the past five years. Matter of fact, he broke me into bodybuilding. Now, Luke, how did you get into bodybuilding? <laughs> I didn't get into bodybuilding. No, I'm kidding. Um, in terms of getting into doing this, I mean, really just being a personal trainer and wanting to do it for myself and changing myself personally. You know, I was a fat dude. Still, I'm a fat dude, but, you know, um, lost a bunch of weight, decided that I wanted to help people, got into doing supplementation, training, things like that, and... Did you train as a teenager? Yeah, I mean, um, working out training has been an off and on thing for me my whole life, but definitely getting married and having kids kind of swayed me away from that. Having a career as a mechanic yeah. for a long time was not conducive to bodybuilding. Yeah, so can't, uh, being a mechanic, was that like your thing you always wanted to be, or was that something you fell into? Or I always liked fast cars, Okay, and that was about the extent of it, and mm -hmm. it turned into... When you try to make a hobby a career, it's fun when you start, mm -hmm. and then essentially it becomes a career. Mm -hmm. When it becomes a career and the fun is gone, yeah, you're ready to move on. <laughs> that's what everybody says about bodybuilding, too. I mean, everybody says, oh, I want to I just work out and, and get paid for it. Boy, yeah. that sounds great. Well, you're not Dallas, yeah. right? So you don't get to do that. So you actually have to have a job within bodybuilding. But the trouble is, you know, a lot of people say, I want to work in bodybuilding. They have no clue what they want to do. Absolutely. A lot of people start off as trainers. I start off as a trainer. Yeah. And then you just kind of figure out from there what you want to do. But um, Redcon 1, how has it been for you? I mean, you've been here how many months with me? About a little over two. Two? Yeah, two, two. But tell everybody how you broke into it because okay. you used to contact me about Project Bodybuilding and you wanted an opportunity there. Yeah. We're basically a hobby website, so it wasn't exactly a lot to go around. But now you're in, I would consider it the big leagues. So yeah. uh, talk to me about how you first approached me and uh, getting in with Eric and some of the other guys here at, at Redcon and, and how you turned it into a job and how basically, I want to hear you give me your description because I've never asked you this personally, um, you kind of kicked the door down. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, and I have a lot of respect for you on that aspect because, um, you know, a lot of people quit. You know, a lot of people take one no, two no, three no's, and you probably heard ten no's. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I know you had to sacrifice a lot to get this job. So, um, yeah, just tell me more about that story because sure. I'm sure everybody will really love to hear it. Yeah, man. It's awesome. So, ultimately, like you know, um, definitely I got in touch with, touch with you and Project Bodybuilding about doing some uh, articles and things like that. And it didn't quite work out for me because I'm not the best writer in the world. Um, but it was essentially I was working at UFIT. 
Um, I had contacted Blackstone a couple times about possibly getting a sales job there when Aaron was back with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I saw he kind of branched off and it became Dynamic Muscle, initially back then was when I started contacting you and you kind of put me in touch with Eric and there was a lot of, well, we don't have anything for you. Right Eric, Eric Hart's our VP. Eric we'll, we'll mention him a lot on the show because not to catch off, but for you guys listening to the show, since this is the debut episode of the show, um, it's, it's bodybuilding, but we're also going to be a sneak peek into Redcon 1 yeah. and all the other brands we manage. So it's going to be a real fly-on-the-wall experience. So Luke, go back to your story. Sorry. Cool. No, you got it. So got in touch with Eric, and I got a lot of replies, you know, oh, we don't have anything for you right now. And it wasn't him, you know, being a dick or anything like that. It was just honestly at that point in time, the company was still structuring, and there wasn't really anything for me. But I kept it going. I would send him an email once in a while and check on stuff. And eventually when it got to the point when um, Aaron – created Redcon 1, and I saw it became, I became a tier operator, became part, of, became part of the tier operator program, and when that dropped, I just saw that, I was like, this is my way, like, this is how I'm going to stand apart from everybody else, I'm going to make this, this is going to be my opportunity to get through the door. Now, the tier operator program, how many people do you manage with that right now? Right now, I have a little over 1,800. 1,800 people, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people to manage, a lot of people. and they're submitting you pictures, and updates, and articles, and yep. anything to provide content, and and to just provide to Redcon Online. Is that about they, it? Yeah, they do demos. They work for us at expos and events and shows. They submit recipes, articles, all kinds of good stuff. They run basically their own Instagram ad pages. They do um, Instagram, Facebook, everything you think of, Twitter accounts. And everything that they do, they show themselves. And one of the things that I encourage them to do is to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Be somebody that people don't just be a Redcon ad page because people don't want to log on and see that every time. But show us who you are, but incorporate Redcon into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's super important that they do that because that gives people an insight into them and that they're not just the yellow pages. The tier operator program is really cool, I think. Absolutely. It gets people, you know, the, that personal touch to feel like they're a part of the, the team. And, and they are. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to make money. Yeah. Um, but then it gives us an opportunity to have um, people that we trust as representatives of the brand Absolutely. throughout the world. Yeah. So it's one of those things where we don't have to travel. It's like somebody calls us and says, hey, I need somebody. We've got three or four people on us in, yeah. in a snap yep. to facilitate the needs of the store or, or whatever that, yeah. that, that or needs to be did, an expo. Right. right. So that tier operator program, I think it's, um, it's really unique and it's setting us uh, apart from the rest of the industry. Damn right. Um, yeah. When we first started uh, Red Kyle and I, uh, coming up on a year. Yeah. Almost a year. Yeah, I remember doing pre-sales for the brand in July and August, and everyone was, "What the hell is Redcon? You want me to, you want me to spend how much? And I don't even know what this is." And I'm like, "Simmer down, you know, you, you will, you will." And um, you know, just the things we've done in a year have been really, really exciting. I mean, we hit a, we hit a million in sales in one month last last month. So uh, to do that in the first year of existence, it's, it's amazing. So, again, Aaron has told you and I many times, and all the sales team, it took four years for. Blackstone Labs to hit a million dollars in sales in a month. Yeah, we did it in the first year. Uh, huge testament to the entire team, sales team, obviously yep. uh, the management. Uh, very, very impressive, and I know we're all we're all proud of it. But in other news, we signed Danny Reardon. We did little monster IFBB pro. Um, she's going to be our feature athlete for Redcon One, which is really really exciting. Yep. Did you get a chance to talk to her when she came in? Yeah, absolutely. I did. Her and Ian mm-hmm. um, had a little conversation, just quick with them. You know, there was so much going on. She was so overwhelmed. One of the really cool things that I, you know, admire and liked about her just from minute one was how appreciative she was. Mm-hmm. So some people with a in a world right now filled with entitlement, and everybody feels like they're owed something. 
she was genuinely thankful and like proud to be a part of the team. Yeah, which yeah. Was awesome. I got that too. It was really cool because um, I followed her on Instagram and then I saw her Instagram live feed and we got to see her as she was walking up and she's like a little kid. She's like, I cannot believe I am at Redcon One right now. This is so cool. And yeah, that's cool. But she's the number two physique competitor in the world at the Olympia and the Arnold. So it's just to have somebody at that level to be proud and starstruck and happy to be here because I think that's one of the underlying factors that everybody that works here has is that we're happy to be here. It's an honor to be here. And that can trickle down to the athletes too. Um, But I got to meet with her um, as part of the marketing meeting, which is very cool. Normally – you know, as a sales guy, I would stay out of that. But now that I, I do a lot of work in marketing with the company, too, I got to really talk to her about what we're going to be doing as far as featuring her. Um, I told her I'd like to tell her story the right way. Yeah. Um, because, you know, she's got a past that people know. I mean, her name's Little Monster. Um, and I was like, this is with the spotlight being on you. It's bright right now at Redcon 1. Yeah. Um, we, just got, we, we just got into GNC. I yeah. Mean, so Bodybuilding.com. Bodybuilding.com. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of positivity right now. So um, I, I'm super excited, and I thought it would, this was a perfect opportunity to tell her story the right way and because I know she wants to be a role model um, for young girls. Yeah, you know, Because, you know, it's that stigma of – you know, it's not feminine necessarily to lift weights because every girl thinks you gotta you're gonna get bulky or whatever, yeah, and you're gonna get hulking muscles. So you, you that feminine, strong, we call it beautifully powerful, that yeah. just focused uh, young woman who isn't worried about the well, naysayers, the outsiders, and then being that positive influence the way Daniel and Bailey was and still is, and some of these other beautiful women that are also strong and badass. Yeah. So. Uh, we're, we're, we're really excited to work with her. I know I am too. Yeah, so, it's fantastic. Um, and she's open to things too. So it's yeah. not like some, some athletes are like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. And she's close. She drove here. She's from so, Orlando. Okay, I think. Yeah. So yeah. That's not far at all. Very, very cool. So, uh, we're really excited to have her part of the group Absolutely. and, um, welcome you know, Danny. Yeah. Welcome Danny. And, uh, I hope you, uh, can kick Juliana's ass Hell at yeah. the Olympia. You have a rant. Actually, I, I'm sorry. Before we get into this next time, I want to give one little final uh, note on the Tampa Pro. Because, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I did uh, the booth that you did a year ago. And after the contest, my buddy Ron Parlow, who was there representing Mutant, and Ronaldo Gary, who was in the show, a mm-hmm. uh, big Canadian bodybuilder with, oh, uh, yeah. with Mutant, um, we all went to Mons Venus, the strip club after. Oh. Yeah, so it was actually my fiance Sam, yes, brought the girl to the strip club. There you go. It's a cool chick. Yeah. And, and then Ron and, and Ronaldo got lap dances. So it was quite the, uh, quite the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm it right. sounds it's hard like that was a year ago. It's hard to believe that was a year ago. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I can't believe that you and I was just thinking that you and Sam have been together that long already. I know, man. It seems like it was like yesterday. Not literally, but you know what I'm saying. I do, I do. Time is goes flying. by fast. Time is flying. Um, hit us with another topic here. You, you bring us to the next one, Luke. All right. So ultimately, what I wanted to kind of express is just a, some minor frustration. You know, for me, one of the things that you look at people in this industry or people in any industry period that is what's what would I put it is fan driven. Let's say, you know, without us as fans. There is no, um, there's no, but there's no asses in the seats. There's nobody there to 
to be there for you to make it worthwhile for you to actually be in the sport. So I come to the conclusion at this point where I say, you know, what is up with some bodybuilders that just have or just people in general that have like a bug up their ass when it comes to just being human beings to people. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating when and I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to dime anybody out because I want to do that. But. You know, we are the reason why you have a job, essentially. Mm. You know, if there's no asses in the seats, if there's nobody there to actually watch you get up on stage and flex, Mm. then there is no sport. You're not going to get paid. It's not going to continue. So why would you act like an asshole to the people that are supporting you, that are cheering you on? Mm. And that, you know, it's frustrating to me. And that wasn't something that I experienced, you know, over the weekend with a couple people, you know, and even prior to that. And it's frustrating because as a fan of the sport, even more so than being in the industry, I'm a fan of the friggin' sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking you to come out to dinner with me or to go friggin' bowling. This ain't, you know, I'm not trying to like date you. But if I walk up to you and I know you're a hero of mine or I'm a fan of yours, shake my friggin' hand, take a picture with me and, and talk to me for two seconds and then move on. Yeah. Don't be a dick. And no, that's no. the frustrating part. You know, I don't I don't get it. I don't get that mentality of the holier than thou. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so much better than you that I don't need to come anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just be this pedi- up on this pedestal and fuck you, little guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think I think it's it's, it's the bodybuilding culture. Right. Um, because bodybuilders, I mean, to get up on stage, this is my opinion. But I mean, I've talked to a lot of people. I, I live with a competitor. Yeah. You know, so it's one of these things where it's like. They lack a certain level of self-confidence, and they are very insecure, so they need that approval. Right. You know, they need that approval from a panel of people, okay? A lot of them, now again, I'm generalizing everything here. Right. um, Are trying to prove somebody or something wrong. Okay. Somebody in their past, like, they told them they couldn't do this, so I'm going to show you. Gotcha, gotcha. Or in sports, because again, in bodybuilding... Now I'm mostly speaking about men here, right? But in, in most cases, it's your it's it's a secondary sport to what you really wanted to do. Right. It's rant time, Luke. Let's do it. Break me into your rant. I know. I know. Young millennials piss you off. Yes. They piss cowboy off in the office. Yes. He's always like these fucking millennials can't do anything <laughs> right. They're lazy, and he, yes. he's always got something to say about a millennial. You've had a few run with them, running with the millennials lately. The thing that drives me fucking crazy. Oh, he's dropping f bombs. Okay, folks. Jesus Christ. Listen, <laughs> you know, Matt can attest to this as well. I'm not getting lumped into this. Don't you Listen, throw into this shit? To okay. Me. God damn it, Luke. As trainers, nutritionists, whatever the case may be, I have a certification in nutrition. I'm not a dietitian, but I have a certification in nutrition from NASM. And fancy. I know, right? And it's, uh, it's frustrating when people not only come to you for advice, like, hey, I want to do this, I want to get bigger, I want to lose weight, I want to whatever. You give them an idea, you tell them what they should be doing, and next thing you know, they're either hiring some bullshit $99 a month internet coach that doesn't know shit and is literally sending them um, plans that they've got from somebody else that they bought online or from maybe like Avatar Nutrition or something like that. And they're doing it. And then six weeks go by, nothing changes. They come back to you frustrated. And they're like, oh, man, I'm not changing. I've been doing it. I've been following my diet. What diet have you been following? You haven't been following garbage. You've literally been, you've literally been doing the exact opposite of what I told you to do. And your body's not changing. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand why today in the society that we live in that people choose to listen to the Internet over people like myself and Matt, mm-hmm. who have been in the industry, who mm-hmm. have done this, who have, you know, changed people's lives to the extent of like 
saving people's lives, like having people who have potentially been on their deathbed and bringing them back around to healthy human beings. But no, fuck us. You, you suck. You have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. I'm going to go Google weight loss, keto fucking diets, all this other bullshit that we talk about. And I'm going to follow that because the internet says that it's fantastic. Mm. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's the mother condition. I'm going to explain the mother condition. I, my mom, I'm sure she's listening to this. Hi, Robin. How are you? <laughs> I love you, mom. Um, she will take advice and hear advice from everybody on the planet. But you. But when I give it to her, it's not something she wants to hear. Oh, we have somebody oh, walking in here. Uh, somebody's in our office. He needs to. Uh, who are these guests? They need to, uh, <laughs> that was he's wearing a Dolphins jersey. He though. was. Yeah, I don't know who that guy was. Me neither. Uh, I would have called them in and made them talk. I know. That's the new rule. If, yes. uh, if they pop in here, they have to come in and uh, be part of the show. I love how he felt like an asshole. Though. He did. That's he was the like, best oh, part. Oh. It's like, you dumbass. Knock before you come in here. God. He thought it was a toilet. Show a little respect. Well, unfortunately, the office is a closet. It is a closet. (laughs) So (laughs) what were we talking about, though? Go back. You're talking about how your mom will take advice from anybody else but you. Thank you, sir. So, yeah, my mom will will take advice from anybody but me. So I think it's the mother complex. It's like, Mom, I have the advice. All I need you to do is this. Do this, this, and this, and you will get this result. Why is that so hard? Why do you have to get everybody else's advice when they're not an expert in what we're talking about, whether it's, her tennis friend that she plays tennis with or the neighbor that she goes golfing with or whatever the hell it is. Everybody's got a piece of advice. But when it comes to the sun, I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. You know? So it's, the same, it's probably the same thing with your kids. You know, yeah. Dad's advice sucks, but everybody else's advice is good. Yep. The internet, though, to the question at hand, it could just be everybody wants some sort of verbal, or not verbal, but affirmation on what their yeah. thoughts are. And if they read it, they automatically assume that it's got to be real. Mm-hmm. It's got to be true. Got to be. It true. has to be gold because it's on. The, they don't put anything that's fake on the internet. Never. Don't you know that, Matt? Never. Yeah. There's nothing fake on the well, internet. You know the other problem. It's not that information's wrong, and a lot of it is. Yeah. But it's almost you're just overloaded by information. Yeah. So much shit. Yeah, and it's not to say it does. So it's like a training program, right. whether it's a five by five split. Or traditional three sets of ten, or yeah. some sort of Bulgarian ten sets of ten. Whatever the model is, it's gonna work. Right. The point is, you can't do it all at once. No. So you gotta let pick a plan, let it follow work, it, yep. follow it, see what happens, assess yourself, did it work, and then try something else. And yep. then after four or five years, you've got a collection of trial and errors, and then you can formulate your own opinion. Damn right. Because nothing, nobody wants to hear this. Everybody seems to want things to be cookie cutter, one size fits all. And one question I used to get uh, on forums a lot, or just people used to ask me, it's like, if you, and this is, I think this has been a listener question. People like to couch it like, if you could pick your top three favorite exercises to have, or top three favorite drugs, or top three favorite uh, supplements, or top, or top five, like people want you to narrow things down so much. Yeah. Why do I have to narrow anything down? So it could be broad. Have, why do I have to pick a list of favorite chest exercises? Right. Why can't How about I, I like do a bunch? Fifteen different chest exercises. Yeah. Like there's no favorite. Yeah. Right. And I think one thing people and not to get on a rant here, but in, in training, people fall in love with exercises. Truth. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. Whether it's kids in bench press or people that squat that don't, aren't physically built to squat, whether. Right. Their limbs are, you know, all out of whack as far as, you know, being in proportion to be a good squatter or they're just – they have deficiencies and they're weak or, or it doesn't matter. They could be doing things that aren't conducive to their body type just yeah. because they love the exercise. Just it could be detrimental. Told, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and in a lot of cases, it doesn't always build the most muscle. Yeah. They're just doing it because – they think they're supposed to do it, and they can't get out of their own way. Happens all the time. I think that's people in general, though. They can't get out of their own way. Like, something is 
obviously tragically happened at Redcon, and we have to address it. And uh, we lost one of our own. Um, Dallas passed away just yesterday, and we were all completely taken back by it. It's just been a huge, huge hit for the entire Redcon 1 team. And um, we all are just coping with it in our own unique way. Luke, uh, how did you take it? Um, it's, it's hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, <clears throat> I didn't have probably the closest relationship with Dallas in comparison to a lot of you guys. Mm -hmm. But regardless, you know, it, it sucks. I mean, it was, you know. I mean, he's 26 years old. And yeah. anyway, you shake it, he's 26, and that's, it's not a long, you know, long life. I mean, mm -hmm. even though he did live a very full life at 26 years old, it was, uh, it was just cut too short. And uh, I, I did spend a lot of time with him. I done road trips with him on appearances, and we've done booths together, and we've, we've spent a lot of time together since he's been here at Redcon, and, uh, or had been here at Redcon, and um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, this one's going to, it shocked the whole bodybuilding community, and um, it's very, very hard. Uh, Danny, you got to meet Dallas recently, and well, you've known him for a while, I guess, but even since becoming a part of the Redcon 1 team, you got to spend some time with him, and this has got to be just very shocking and, and saddening for you as well. Yeah, you know, it really is. I, I met Dallas um, actually at both of our first Olympias together. We were um, in a club, and we were downstairs, and um, I didn't I didn't even know he was a bodybuilder. I, I, they told me his name was Dallas. I thought he actually played for the Cowboys. Um, but so after that, we met, and we became, like, pretty good friends. And then throughout the last couple of years, I've been seeing him here and there, and he's really, like, the only friend and person that I even stayed in contact with with the industry. I kind of live under a rock. If it's not Ian, it's really nobody that I hang out with. Um, so I've kind of been seeing Dallas here and there throughout the industry, and he told me about Redcon. And, um, you know, then we got the chance to join forces, and we never really got the chance to train together. Actually, today was supposed to be the day mm -hmm. that we were going to do a training video together. And um, I guess I'm just like, I'm really shocked, and I'm really sad for everybody else, and especially the industry, because... I feel like the industry needed a gentle giant with a big heart that's super kind and had a personality like Dallas. I think that I'm sad for, I'm also sad for the industry too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Matter of fact, we just had a marketing meeting with uh, Dallas two days ago, yeah. and he was excited to expand his role in marketing. I mean, we're talking about content to do with you, and we had the same meetings with Dallas, and he was excited to do, I mean, some of the stuff we were, I have a list here, some of the stuff we were talking about, we were going to bring back a forum, yeah. and he was going to do a Q&A, oh, so, cool. yeah, he was really excited about participating and, and leaving uh, a lasting impression online for people to go back, because, you know, we've talked about this on the show, yeah. uh, forums are dying, but in a lot of cases, he wanted to bring them back, because yeah, information gets passed on social media, but it gets lost so fast on social media, so he wanted to have that information oh, archive, yeah. archived, and, and a forum's a great way to do that. Where's your mind at right now? Are you are you going in here to? You're, you're not here to participate. You're here to take over. Is that what Connor says? Yeah, that's actually, <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's actually something that when we were training, I was like, you know, I'm not just training to go to the Olympia anymore. And before I was like, oh, what are you training for for the Olympia? And now I'm like, I'm training to win the Olympia. And it's, right. like, it's such a different vibe that you take into the gym. And like when you diet, I'm I'm dieting to win the Olympia now. Hell, I'm not just going. Mm, that's great. And. You know, it's there's a lot more pressure this time because last year I was like, I could tango. That's what I thought I could put up a good fight, and I did. Um, and the year before that, I was like, you know what, I could be top five, and I got fourth. And those were kind of my goals. And now I'm like, well, shit. Now I have to, you know, now I got to believe for that one spot. Damn right. And um, so that and 
you know what, I'm just doing everything right. I'm not resisting the process. I'm not working my way around things. I'm really just just taking it by the horns and just doing everything I need to do. And it's calm. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. It's like when you're doing the right thing, I'm very like centered um, and and I'm, I feel like I'm ready for it. Like I'm the person I am now this year as compared to last year. Um, I feel like I'm ready to be that role model because I think Miss Olympia isn't just a nice body. Um, I think it's a physical competition too, but I also think that it takes a certain kind of person to really be a good Miss Olympia. There you go. Um, and I want to be that person. Tragic situation like this was that people are quick just to to get those views and to oh, get yeah. those oh, comments. Yeah. And to you get just want to slap a bitch, like you, you for really real. Do. I'm like, come on, guys, like. It's just insane to think that that this is the world we live in, though. The first person to drop the news, the first person to start getting, you know, the the conspiracy theories out there, all that bullshit. They're looking at it from the perspective of increasing their follower count, increasing their views, like you said. And it's stupid because, dude, you're walking on top of somebody who doesn't deserve to have their name, you know, drug through the mud or to have, you know, to have their legacy tarnished. But instead... Your YouTube YouTube views are more important than mm-hmm. someone's life. And then they try to act like the noble ones. No, it's like, come you on. guys aren't. You're not noble for anything. Yeah, You're retarded. Exactly. It's, it's, it's very it, frustrating, and we've been having to deal with it firsthand. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you bite your tongue. You bite your tongue. You try to not make the comments online, and it's just like... You're ready to strangle somebody oh, yeah. after a while. It's just like enough is enough. I have personally been as professional as I could be in the situation, and I actually had you know the experience to personally reach out and try to defuse the situation mm-hmm. with one individual on Facebook online. You know, at you know my boss's request. You know, I mean he asked for help, and to have that happen and to see the things and the responses in such a to put it out there in such a professional manager manner and see the responses come back the way that they did. It was everything short. It took everything in my body for me to bite my tongue and not just be like, fuck you, dude. Where are you? I'm going to come find you right now and pound you into the fucking ground. And it's terrible to think that way because, you know, we're adults and that's not something that you want to put out there. It's not a vibe that you want to give off. But, man, sometimes it's just I have an an old saying that one of my um, guys that worked for me a long time ago used to say, and it just Easy and fun. People suck. I do want to hear about your rant, though. Every time we have a show and I look at the topics, I'm almost waiting for a Luke rant. All right. So those of you that are out there that have children, I happen to be have very well-behaved children. So, And let me preface this with saying that, you know, yes, they do misbehave because guess what? They're fucking children. But... 99% of the time, my kids behave. They do what they're told, especially when we're in public. You know, they drive us crazy in the store once in a while because, oh, I want this, I want that. And we got to kind of tame, tame them down. But when you're in a public place where people are involved with other people, it's important that you keep control of your kids. So if you're one of those parents that lets your kids <laughs> run around like a fucking maniac, <laughs> fuck you. Okay? And let me explain why. So I went to the pool, you know, on Labor Day with my kids. My wife was at work enjoying just some time we get there it's like two other little families there no big deal things are going great about half an hour 45 minutes into it two large groups come in and the one had like seven kids like all joking aside there's probably like three like middle school age like 11 12 13 ish you know young boys and then it seemed like one of them was like a friend it wasn't actually one of their siblings and they had like four or five other little ones running around which were fine 
But the father comes rolling over. He's got the cell phone hanging around his neck with the music playing with the curse words. And my kids are right there. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at the guy like, really, dude? Like, you're playing this crap in front of my kids. Okay. So he goes to the other side of the pool and stays away from me. I don't hear his music anymore, so I let him be. The kids recede. Now, mind you, I love football. Matt loves football. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a public, well, private but publicly used pool. I mean, we live in a community, so the community is able to use the pool. Mm-hmm. But it's private. Um, <clears throat> these kids... Literally take over the entire pool playing football. They're throwing the ball. They're jumping. They're splashing the little kids. Mm-hmm. They're landing on top of other people. I mean, I, I literally watched them come within inches of, like, just destroying this guy's, like, three-year-old daughter who was in a floaty. So I say to the kid, I'm like, listen, I'm like, hey, guys, can you do me a favor? I'm like, can are you, you getting red at this point? Or yeah, you just, I'm oh, okay. I want to know like your a, state of mind. Yeah, like, yeah. at this point, my eyeballs are popping out of my head. Are you scaring your kids, popping. or are they like, daddy, chill out? You no, know? they didn't really notice what was going on yet, yeah. thank God. So... I say to the one young man, I'm like, listen, I'm like, can you guys stay on the deeper side of the pool? I'm like, it's clear you guys are tall. You guys can handle it. You know, I was like, there's a lot of little kids over here and you guys are, you know, getting pretty close and making it to the point where you're pushing them to the edges of the pool. They can't even play because you guys are just, you know, getting a little rambunctious. Mm-hmm. So the one kid. Thinking they own the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one kid proceeds to get out of the pool and go tell his father that I told them to get out of the way. Mm. I heard literally hear the kid tells that that guy just told us to get out of the pool. And I look at the kid, and I wanted to just get out of the pool and smack the shit out of him. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I asked you to move over to give the other people some space. Mm -hmm. Literally, the father says to the son, just stay where you are. Keep getting closer to him, and eventually they'll just fucking leave. Ooh. Bro, it took everything within my human power to not go and literally just rip the Now, are you out. are you in uh, swim trunks or are we? Yeah. I just want like suit. What kind? Yeah, like, just, you, it was like Nike, like they're black with like green stripes tighter? on them. No, no. Like, You're like, not showing off. No, 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 no. They're just like, but I have no shirt on. I mean, you know. I was See, like, yeah, okay, okay, shirt. okay. But I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And this dude is a twig. This dude yeah. is like, this dude is like Eric Goldman minus 10 pounds. Ooh. You know, and I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, whatever. So they, the kids stayed a little bit away from me, I think, just for sheer fear of me. Like, they were like, all right, well, despite what dad said, we're going to stay a little I imagine away. when you get angry, though, you're not pleasant. No, era. I'm not. Exactly. I imagine you <laughs> have quite the temper. I do. It takes yeah. a lot for me for, for sure. my temper to go, for sure. But once my temper goes, I'm fucked. And when you fuck with my kids or my family, like, that's where I just lose it. And it literally, I was probably like a filament away from just like, just flipping the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed my kids and I got my stuff and I said, you know what? I'm better than this. I'm not going to cause a scene at this pool in front of all these families and all these people. I'm going to take my kids. I'm going to go. We're going to do our thing. And I did exactly what the scumbag knew that I was going to do. But at the end of the day, that's what my kids needed to see. They mm-hmm. didn't need to see the dad that's going to scream at this guy and yell at this mm-hmm. guy and potentially come to blows. Escalate the situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's frustrating to me because as a parent, watch your fucking children. You know, don't let your kids go into a, a potentially public place and treat other people like shit, run on top of other people. You pay attention to your kids. You discipline your kids. You tell your kids what they should be and shouldn't be doing. You don't just let them run rampant like little douchebags. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened in this situation. And that is something that is a huge pet peeve of mine because mm-hmm. as self-respecting people, you want to raise kids that are going to be a benefit to society, not a detriment. So if you're raising these little fuckers to just run around and do whatever the hell they want to do and act like assholes, then you're literally raising children that are going to be a detriment Mm -hmm. to society. You know, it it all comes from us. It stems from the parents to bring these kids up 
with good morals, good behavior patterns, to be able to listen to commands. These are the kind of kids that the officer pulls them over and says, can you please show me your hands? And they reach for a fucking gun and then shoot somebody. Like, it's just that they don't know how to follow instructions. They don't know how to follow directions. It's retarded. So I use that word a lot. I'm sorry. I don't mean that if anybody out there, you know, that word comes out of my mouth. (laughs) Sorry. But that's my rant. I'm frustrated because I take damn good care of my kids and I discipline my kids and I make sure that my kids respect other people. And when I see other parents that don't do that, take the kids away. (laughs) Boy, that was a good rant. You got me fired up there for a second. What was your reaction to the event overall? Um, Obviously there wasn't a lot of unpredictability. Right. I mean, we all kind of knew Phil Heath and Flex Lewis were going to win. Yeah. But overall, open up with men's fitness, or men's fitness, men's bodybuilding open division. What was your overall takeaway? It was there were a lot of surprises, and what I mean by surprises, I I would say honestly, this year in comparison to last year, there was disappointments. You know, I mean, you look at the likes of like Sean Roden and Cedric. I mean, Cedric took tenth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man. And when he came out and prejudging, and I saw like the videos, I was like, man. I was like, he's. You know, looking soft. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that you know, and of course, I I still think like even Rami was a surprise. I mean, we you know, I talked some build up about it. I kind of had in a previous episode had given him as my dark horse mm-hmm. to win. You know, things like that. And uh, I think he pushed Phil. You know, I think he did a great job. He has you know some some areas that he needs to work on. He needs to get some better calves and a couple little things. His lower back is a little bit. But other than that, I mean, I think his overall he was fantastic. And he definitely pushed Phil, you know, and, and it was close. Mm-hmm. And they played that little game with us at the end where they moved him in the middle. And I was sitting in the seat and I'm like, he's going to take it. And then it was like, ah, oh, Phil Heath, number seven. And I'm like, all right. And, you know, I respect him because he did. He looked great. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. his his conditioning was fantastic. So but it was definitely weird. There were some surprises. I mean, dude, Brandon Curry looked fantastic. Mm, very yeah, good. I mean, yes, yeah. it was. It was. Uh, there were definitely some surprises. What do you think? Well, I remember going to your point about Brandon Curry. I remember. uh doing an interview at the Arnold and somebody asked me, I thought I had heard that he was going to step in and do the Arnold. So people asked me what I thought about, you know, the Arnold. I was like, Brandon Curry, Brandon Curry. And then I looked like an idiot because he didn't even do the show. Right. But I knew something and I think everybody knew something that followed his progress. He's been obviously training over in Kuwait. I thought he looked phenomenal. I mean, his legs are, legs are still a little down in size, but overall that's so much improvements for Brandon. I thought he got shafted. So did I. I had a top five. Yeah, me too. For sure. Top five. Um, I was definitely disappointed, but overall, you know, Phil, I was, I thought as soon as he walked out, it was game over. I thought he looked phenomenal. I'm going to play, I'm going to play the gut game a little bit because I, 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 there were some rumors that I heard about possible hernia or something he has going on. And I definitely did feel like he had a little bit too much, you know, belly distension going on but overall i mean if you take that away that was the really his only downfall his quads looked even bigger yes i thought there was more sweep on the quads absolutely more separation Uh, i can't you know you want to hate on the gut but everybody's got a gut yeah so it's like if you hate on him you gotta hate on everybody even the guys that don't have guts have guts they just hide it better yes um or they didn't carb up the you know it's again i understand it's about being uh, a certain look on a certain day. Right. And so it's up to you as to not carb up to make it over to stand this Absolutely. the right. So there's a spillage issue and, and timing issue, but they all have guts. So uh, I thought Phil made the most improvements and I didn't hear it. I was talking to Ron Partlow at the booth and he was telling me, I think it was Ron. He was telling me, he asked me if I watched the press conference mm-hmm. and I only watched part of it. I fell asleep actually, cause I watched it and I was still exhausted from flying out to Hell Vegas. Yeah. So I didn't I actually fell asleep with my iPad open on the bed <laughs> watching the, uh, the press conference on NPC news online. And 
and Ron was telling me that during the press conference, Phil said, how can any of you guys act like you can beat me when none of y'all can beat Kai? And Kai's not here. Yeah. And he whoops Kai's ass. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, no, are we really talking shit? Because you can't. Yeah. You really can't. It's not like there's been any dispute for no. really seven, eight years now. Because yeah. I, th- I thought Phil won the year he didn't win. Right. When was his when was first? When was Phil's first year? I think it was 08. Oh, no. I mean, winning. winning. Oh, um, 11? 10. 10? Yeah, because it was six. So, okay. No, 11. 11. 11, 12. Yeah, 11. Well, I thought he won in 2010. Yeah. Exactly. I thought he also won. I, I personally have this as his eighth. Right. You know, uh, now you can say maybe Kai beat him there here and there at right. one point, but I, I don't think anybody's challenged him. Um, now, the story, I think, though, is a lot of those, a lot of the bodybuilders looking less than their best. Yeah. I, I had Dexter looking less. Yeah, me too. Cedric. Yeah. Roden. Roden. Yep. Um, and Josh, even I did not have looking that yeah, good. Yeah, like you know, and, and everything that Josh went through and the traveling and all that stuff. I mean, you give the, give the guy the greatest, and he actually, you know, he took ninth last year, so he mm-hmm. he basically um, did the same placing that he did last year. So he didn't do any worse, didn't do any better, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Look at who he's up against, and that was a good thing with all the adversity and everything that he's gone through. But um, I definitely, you know, I, I'm I, I would be pleased with ninth if mm. I if, if I, I was him. Yeah, yeah. So not some guys are probably disappointed though. Do yeah. you have? There's three guys that I want to talk about specifically. Um, Roly, mm-hmm. Nate Diasha, Nathan Diasha, and um, who else was in there? Uh, there's who got seventh? Was it Curry? No, Curry got eighth. Curry got eighth. So we've got, let's just run through the yeah, top 10. If you guys don't know, we've got Phil winning. Yep. You had Big Rami in second, yep. Bonak in third, mm-hmm. fourth was Dexter, Dexter. Mm-hmm. fifth was Roly. No, who was fifth? No, fifth was um, Roden. Roden, okay. Yep. Six was Roly. <clears throat> yeah, because well, I had Roly top five, and, and he took six. Curry was eighth, Josh was nine. Yep, and then Nathan, Cedric was ten, so Nathan, Nathan was seven. Nathan was seven. Yeah, so the, those two. Do you think uh, Roly... And Nathan, like, I, I feel like Roly and Nathan are kind of stuck right now. Right. You know, because we saw Dexter and Roden look worse than they have in previous years. And now, it's still worse, it's relatively speaking, because they, yeah. they still look good. They still look fantastic. They still look awesome, yeah. but just not enough to beat Bonac. I don't think so. Certainly yeah. not enough to beat Big Rami. Yeah. So it's one of those things, like, are they ever going to fall so far as to have these new guys push them, or are we just in a deadlock? I don't know. I mean, I, I would honestly say, truth be told, I mean, when you look at the scenario like with Cedric and how he fell to 10th, I think I think that Dexter, like in particular myself, like he, he looked good enough to place decent. You know what I mean? Do I feel like he looked his best? No, of course not. I mean, I feel like he looked a little bigger, mm-hmm. which was odd. Like I, we, I don't think we've really seen Dex put on size in a couple years, and he looked bigger to me, mm-hmm. but he definitely wasn't as conditioned as the Dexter that we all know and have seen in the past. So I do believe that judging by what we saw with, uh, with Cedric, I mean, oh, yeah, with Cedric dropping down the 10th, that there's potential there now for some new blood to come in and kind of bump those guys that have been pushing the envelope for the last few years down. That's, that'd be exciting, too, because not that I'm, I, I'm a big, uh, I like Roley just because he's a freak, yeah. and he's He's done more with his physique in the past five years than almost anybody. So anybody that makes improvements, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether it's Bonac or yeah. Curry or Big Rami. You know, if yep. you're making improvements, I'm going to be a fan of yours. But I don't feel like we've seen a lot of improvements. 
you know, out of a handful of these guys in quite some time. Matter of fact, we got a listener question. One of them is, uh, uh, what can Cedric do, I think, or what what can Dexter do? And right. uh, we'll get to that question later. I have yeah. a pretty good answer to what I think they can do. Amen. Um, surprise, I mean, because I, I, I really like what Diasha brings. He's yeah. my guy that I really think could be that next one. Because bon, William Bonnick kind of came out of nowhere, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's been doing well for the past three years. Yeah, but three what years. about before then, you right. know? It was like we never heard of him, and all of a sudden, boom, there he was. And now he's top three. Top three. Same thing happened to Roden, kind of turned pro decade ago, and yeah. then and then took time off and, and blew up. So I think Diasha, now granted, he hasn't really had that lull. Right. I just think he's going to keep getting better and Absolutely, better and better. Yeah. But I think he's a young guy, too. Well, so. He's not missing anything. No. What are you seeing? Anything that he's missing? No. I mean, I think he's really complete. I think the only thing that he could have probably improved on a little bit, he could definitely be a little bit bigger overall. So is that why he's not there? So. Okay, I think okay. so. I think his, I think size is, plays a little bit of an issue because he's still a younger guy, and I think he's got some extra size that he can put on. And then on top of that, you know, definitely just continuing to improve his conditioning. I think he's he's looked better every show. You know, in terms of the last like three shows, I think he's improved his conditioning every time to the point where I think he peaked at the Olympia, and I think he did a great job. But he definitely needs a little bit of size. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of the conversation coming out too is the Camel Crew doing so well. Yeah, um, I, I you know it's fine. Everyone's like who's going to move over there next even at the booth talking to uh roman fritz right i'm like roman when are you going over to kuwait you know every, every it's on the ron was talking about it it's on the consciousness of pros yeah that's absolutely. one thing that's one thing i definitely noticed everybody's like huh well how do i get over there exactly yeah, how do i kiss the right I'm ass next. to get over there because yeah. they know at least they think that it means 25 35 45 pounds of muscle yeah coming their way and then i and i slip back and i'm like yeah but what if Kai goes over there? <laughs> what if Phil Heath goes over there? Right. You know, like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, what if? But then mm-hmm. what if the other guy, what if the big bad monster goes over there too? Yep. And then that would really change the game too. I don't see, I would never see Phil making that step, unfortunately. I mean, maybe if he got beat, he might decide to take that route and go that way. True. But with, especially with his speech and talking about how he's been with Hanny since the beginning mm-hmm. and Hanny, you know, helped make who he is. You know, I think there is loyalty there. So I don't see that. Loyalty and bodybuilding? Did you just say that? Did you? Okay. Well, they. For him, he's done it. Yeah, he's actually. But uh, you know, everybody. I, it's the expression you hear it in fighting. You know, you can either be the hammer or the nail. Yep. Phil's good at being the hammer. That's right. We've never seen Phil be the nail. No. Man. So I'd be curious to see if Phil does get knocked off the throne. Mm-hmm. What that means. What he would do. Right. Because he's a one thing you can talk shit about Phil. He's competitive. Yeah, there he, he wants to win. Uh, I could see him going over there. Yeah. Because again, like I said, it's on the consciousness of pros. Of everybody. I've yeah. talked to everybody almost everybody about the camel crew. Do you think he would go without losing though? Um no. Right. Just he would because he get knocked down in order for him to make that crazy transition. Mm, but they all but here's the thing why I don't leave it out is because whether you're Jay Cutler in the past era or Phil in this era, um, Everybody shuts it down. Yeah. Their travel schedule gets shut down three or four months out of the Olympia. Mm -hmm. So there is that window of opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Where if they wanted to designate eight weeks over there, Mm -hmm. I think they could do it. Yeah. I think they they could do it. It just depends. You know, like, you you know, you have to be put backed into that corner. Right. Before you upset your whole life. Yeah. And it's not like he's broken, needs the, like, like Curry was kind of at that impasse in his career where he was just kind of like shit or get off the pot. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm a pro, but I'm not doing much. I might condition, you know, myself really good and win yep. some small show 
and make it to the Olympia. But I've always say I say this to Sam, my fiance, all the time. Are you compet? Like the root of the word competitive is is or to be a competitive bodybuilder is to compete. Yeah. Are you really being competitive by just showing up? No, hell no. And that's the thing. Like so, you when you say win. you're a competitive bodybuilder, yeah. if you can't actually win, are you being competitive? No. I don't think so. So I mean, to me, you're like you said, you're just you're literally just showing up. So bodybuilders compete to win. Are you out there trying to get your little participation trophy, right? Or are you actually there to win? I hope you motherfuckers are there. To that's win. what I that's what I wondered <laughs> too. So whether you're a pro or you're a local guy at the amateur level, um, use your words, choose your words, you know, closely. As far as I'm concerned, because yeah, I, I hate to make you sound like an asshole, but if you're not there to win, yeah, you're just there the getting a fucking participation trophy. Yeah. You might as well be that kid playing right field, exactly. You know, just just there picking daisies. Hell yeah. Anyway, that's my rant right now. Um, two twelve. Two twelve. Uh, Flex Lewis. Was yeah, there man. any other doubt that he was? I mean, I thought he looked great. He looked, but I heard other people say that it wasn't his best showing. You know, and there was, I mean, the, the, I don't know if you heard the one interview after where I forget who it was that said to him, but somebody actually said that, you know, do you do you honestly feel like this was your best showing? Or they asked him, you know, we don't feel like it was your best showing. And he was like, wait a minute. He was like, you know, I, I believe that this is the best that I've ever done. Do I think that he got pushed a little bit? Yeah. Do I think you look at like Ashkenani and he has like, you know, a very – more compact physique. So there were some some shots definitely that I feel like he was super competitive to flex. I mean the dude's lats are incredible. His front lat spread just blew flexes out of the water. Mm-hmm. But when you look at him as a complete bodybuilder in terms of proportion and you know his his structure and symmetry and things like that, flex just blew him out of the water when yeah. it comes to those narratives. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. you talk about the certain body parts, yeah, certain body parts he had flex blown away. But when you look at a complete physique, you look at the complete bodybuilder overall total, flex just has it. Dude. Yeah, he's he's. I see. Unless he makes that jump and decides to move on to the open, I see him holding that spot down at least a couple more years. I, I think so, too. I, I think it's kind of a runaway, yeah. of course, unless we see the, the Seth Ferrosi yeah. jump back in, which I don't see happening. Nah. I don't think he wants to. I don't think um, he needs to. Don't think he need, yeah, there's no real drive. To that point, I don't think there's any need for Flex to keep competing either. You know, from, from a business standpoint, I think he does it because he loves it. So, yeah. so you have to just ask yourself, Flex is a champion. He's got the heart of a champion, mind of a champion. Yep. Flex, or excuse me, uh, Ferozzi, he's not a champion. Now, he's right. won a bunch of times, but yeah. he's not world champion right. defending his Never crown. Never been an Olympia champion. Right. There's a big difference between winning the Toronto Pro yes. and winning, winning the, the Olympia. Olympia. I mean, it's All a right. big, mentally, it's a big difference. Yes. Forget about where you are in life as far as your, you know, business world goes forget about that i mean yeah. there's just there's the level of uh it's a mindset so i think flex doesn't want to give up that championship yeah. um and then we saw jose raymond get third place mm-hmm. he seems just kind of be stuck in that yeah where he's still competitive and, yeah. that, and that's a difference i think you, know, you place top five you're competitive because of the guys in the top in front of you screw up you can slide in and, and be competitive yeah absolutely. it's a lot like branch warren in the open back in the day right he would win not because he was if awesome, somebody else screwed up but yeah. he, he was consistent yes the judges knew he was going to have shredded hams and glutes yep. he's going to be big he's going to be exciting rainy as hell yeah and, and if, if somebody screwed up they could he could slide in and he, yep. and he would win a lot of times because of because that because of that yeah mm-hmm. 
You and see I that? Think, you see that with prettier bodybuilders too. Like I think Roden has won. Dexter's won yes. that way because um, they don't have necessarily all the size in the world, and they have people out there that are typically more conditioned than them and bigger, mm-hmm. which you know propels them to be winning. And then when they come in, and somebody has spills over, or has one of those bad days, that's where they push, and they end up walking away with the win. Quick shout out to Derek Lunsford too. He uh, yeah, top man, five. top five dude turns pro what eight weeks ago. Yeah, goes into Tampa yeah. Pro, wins his pro debut, and then comes top five. At the two two twelve, Mister Olympia, dude, Derek, awesome, yeah, Fantastic badass job. job. I, I, we, I, I, Arnold, I guess that's what's next on yeah. the plan for him. But he yeah. does, did he qualify? Does top five two twelve qualify, or do they have to requalify? I'm pretty sure that I believe it's only top two. Really? Okay, yeah. I didn't know the exact. I think uh, so. um, all right, we'll keep it moving with the men. Um, Flex Wheeler, what'd you think about that? I think you know, did Classic. he look fantastic? No, but Flex came. Flex Wheeler came back. I mean, he made a statement. He got on the stage. He proved to everybody that despite his age that he could do it, that he could get out there, he could make a difference, that he could really, you know, excite people. And he did. And I think that's – I think it was worth that just from the, the sheer perspective to say that he did it. You know what I mean? His speech was great. Yeah, I thought his fantastic. speech was better than anything else. Um, yeah. I, it was cool too. I was at the Friday show when That's he, awesome. when I he saw posed. It on TV. You watched it. I, I, I posted on my Instagram. You guys yeah. can see it. I was actually right in front of uh, Dorian Yates as he was watching Flex pose. Yeah. And it was a really cool moment because you could tell Dorian was was locked in on right. it, watching one of his old buddies yeah. get up there and still do it. And uh, it, it was really neat. Now, where do you compare Flex's performance to Lavroni's performance? Um, Physique think, and just overall. I think it's different. I think, you know, when you look at them, when you look at the two, I definitely think that Flex came in with much better conditioning mm-hmm. than Lavroni did last year. But for Lavroni to come back from at least what it's, he seemed to be to seemingly be a competitive open class bodybuilder, I think the transition or the, the transformation it was a lot um, more impressive on Kevin's side mm-hmm. because I think he came from he was so much smaller and he was able to put so much size on so quick and then come out there and actually look like he belonged on the stage. Conditioning wasn't there, his legs weren't there, we know that. But Flex took a totally different approach and still was not it was considerably downsized compared to what we've seen him for before. But I think he looked fantastic. So I mean, I would it's kind of a toss up. I mm-hmm. wouldn't I, I can't pick a winner. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go just because I think um, Lavroni. Went from so big to so out of shape, right? To back to men's open, where Flex went from so big to out of shape to classic, right? So he didn't really go full throttle, right. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't an all in commitment, if you will, if you know what I'm read between yeah. lines there. Understood. So um, I would go that one, but neither neither here nor there. Really cool performance, and I was excited to see Flex up there again. Now the the joke and the talk after the show was who's next, right? You know, who's Chris coming back, Chris Cormier, right? Uh, Sean Ray. Hey. Um, I've heard I've heard of a few names. You know, it could be nobody. This could be yeah, it. It could just be um, talk. It could be talk. I, let's just hope it's not R- Ronnie. My taxi cab driver rants. Yes, yes, yes. So. All right, let's get started. With Wait a this. minute. When was you set the scene? Where are All right. we? So, the first place we are. The first aggravation. We're in Las Vegas. Okay, we're in, we're at the Olympia. We're at the Olympia. We had just arrived. You know, it's uh, about eight thirty at night. I've been flying for about seven hours. I'm aggravated. I'm hungry. I just want to get back to the hotel. Well, on, those of on you the prowl that, for some dick. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> you guys that travel a lot know 
the taxi cab drivers can't stand anything to do with Uber or Lyft. So especially at airports, they make it exceedingly difficult for you to find an Uber or a Lyft. It's just a taxi line. So I walked outside. Um, this was the first time that I had flown United to Vegas. So they kind of have like this shuttle system that takes you from like the terminals over to like baggage claim. And when you walk out of the door, it's literally right into the taxi line. Mm-hmm. So very first taxi driver, not a bad guy. We had a decent conversation, but this dude proceeds to just lie to me. He's like, you don't want to use an Uber this weekend because they have like this 5.5% or 5.5 times accelerated rate over the weekend because there's so much stuff going on here. Because for those of you guys that don't know, when we were there for Olympia weekend, there was like an optometry convention. There was like a bunch of concerts going on. It was the Canelo fight. There was all kinds of shit going on in Vegas that weekend. So it was crazy. It was packed. The streets were flooded. It was exceedingly difficult to get anywhere the later it was because i mean thank god for the taxi drivers having like those underground presidential tunnels and stuff they could take you around because if not for that we would have been sitting in traffic for hours so this dude proceeds to tell me whatever the app says so if the app says it's 25 dollars for you to get from the airport to your hotel it's gonna they're gonna charge you 5.5 times that unbelievable i'm an idiot because i believe the moron you know and i'm like wow you gotta be kidding me so instead of calling uber or anything else i believe the idiot so Come time for Saturday for me to go to the show. I'm by myself. I'm going to head over to the Orleans from the hotel. I call a couple taxi places. They give me quotes of like 48, 50 bucks to get to the Orleans. I'm like, damn, that seems awful high. Jump on the Uber app, 26 bucks. And I'm like, I, I call the little 1-800 number and I'm like, hey, you know, if, if the app says 26 bucks, is that what the charge is? Or are you guys going to charge me more because I'm in Vegas? No, whatever the app says is what it is. So sure enough, I get in the taxi. I take it over there. This dude, fucking awesome. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. You were amazing. You were like one of the best taxi drivers I had when I was in Vegas. Jopesh? What's that? Was his name Jopesh? No, it was not. He was a older black gentleman. Fantastic, though. We talked about our kids. We talked about love and relationships. Oh, yeah? It was cool, man. We had a great conversation. So he gets Wait a minute. What would you, you, you take home? What, I mean, he's he's got, what, six kids? He's got like a Brady Bunch. So like okay. his wife has three kids. He has three kids. They have older what, kids. What did you say the kids. secret to life was? Secret to a healthy relationship is, mama, is making sure that mama's happy. Or nobody's happy okay. And I kind of already knew that But to hear it regenerated from somebody Who's been through multiple relationships yeah. Makes a lot of sense Because that's the truth You think about it man You want your wife to be happy Yeah. So And let me down good Yeah hell yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to get that pipe yeah, in there yeah, 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 So <laughs> yeah So we get to the Orleans Everything's good I come out of the Orleans I'm going to tell you guys I had these cheap shit ass dress shoes That I've had for like 12 years They ripped Right where they bend Where like my toes bend And this, these things are digging into my feet I'm bleeding Bleeding I'm not even joking I'm fucking bleeding This Uber driver that I call He's like I'm over here I'm over here Dude I am walking Back and forth Back and forth All over the Orleans arena Trying to find this guy and then finally, I just use the app, and I'm, like, following him, like, going where he's going. I finally catch up to the dude after 30 minutes of me walking around mm. this area, and I get in the car, and he's just an idiot. Like, complete and total moron. Had no idea where, what I was doing, where I was going. Has been a cab driver for, like, two weeks in Vegas. Just that, moved here. That's what I noticed. A yes. lot of them. Yeah. Go ahead. And I'm like, so he gets me over, finally gets me over to the, uh, the Encore. I go meet up with some of the guys, get back home. So... Fast forward to 17 hours on a plane ride home because I was severely delayed, ended up stuck in friggin' Newark, get home at like 2.30 in the morning. You, wait, you flew to Newark? Bro, I went from Vegas to Newark and oh. then from Newark to Fort Lauderdale. Oh. I was flying for 17 hours. Who did that to you, Eduardo? 
it technically was not Eduardo's fault because I changed my flight to be a little bit later, and the only option I had was to fly into Newark. Uh, so um, that way I could leave a little later just in case, you know, what you had told me about before happened, and I was able to be out late. I didn't want to have to wake up and be on a plane at 9 in the morning. So anyway, I get way, here. This is the first time hearing of this, and this is I'm dying. It's awesome. I'm absolutely dying. So I get home. This taxi driver, when I get to Fort Lauderdale National Airport, is a fucking idiot. This guy is the dumbest asshole I've ever met in my entire life. The entire ride home is going 45 miles an hour, even on 595. And those of you that have been on 595 know 595 is not 45 miles an hour. It's 2.30 in the morning. I want to go home. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Give me to my fucking house, you asshole. Okay? So I finally get to my house after he doesn't, GPS doesn't work. I'm literally telling the guy, turn right here, turn here. No, no, not here. At the light. I said at the light, you jackass. Don't turn right here. I mean, it was just a whole conversation. You're getting hungrier. Bro, I'm just... Uh, I'm frustrated. I'm aggravated. I just want to go home. It's like 3.30 now because it's been an hour-long ride that should have took 20 minutes. Yeah. So get to my house. He swipes my card. Doesn't want to go through. I don't know if it was his card reader or what the hell was the deal. He tries it a couple more times. Matt, I have plenty of money (laughs) in my account, I promise you. So doesn't want to go through. So he's like, listen, if I take you to an ATM machine, can you give me cash and I'll take like 10 bucks off the ride? I'm like, fine. Just take me to the closest ATM. Give me money. So I go to the ATM, put my card in. It works. I put my pin. I get my money. I pay him. He takes me back to the house. Yeah. (laughs) Takes me back to the house. So... I'm mind you at this point I'm exhausted. I walk in the house, drop the fucking bags, hit the bed, knock out. Wake up in the morning, refreshed somewhat after three hours of sleep and making it here at about ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, four hours of sleep maybe. Definitely you know got some action when I got home. Thank yeah, God, well, that was good. Felt good. So I get to I go to Dunkin' Donuts on my way in. Just want a coffee. I'm exhausted. My car's getting declined. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like the fraud, dude. I'm like, I'm going to stab like this taxi driver in his nuts. I'm like, I'm so pissed off. Thank God. The ladies at this Dunkin Donuts are the sweetest, sweetest sweethearts in the world. They know me. They're like, Luke, you're here all the time. Just take the coffee. Just go. They're like, just go. Okay. So I leave. That's Krispy Kreme. Same one. No, Krispy Kreme does not know me. Dude, the majority of the day I get a large black cold brew with six. I wish you'd edited there. Okay. Well, But here's the kicker. Here's the best part. When I finally get a chance to call the bank, because mind you, cell towers are still down in my area when I get home because of the hurricane. So when I finally get halfway to work and I'm able to finally get Wells Fargo on the phone, this jackass swiped my card 21 times for a $58.50 cab ride. There is over $1,000 in charges pending on my account from a taxi cab ride home at 2.30 a.m. in the morning. I, if I, if I would have seen the guy, I would have ran him off the side of the road. Like I was so furious. I'm like, you are the biggest idiot in the entire world. Thank God my bank, you know, my bank is not stupid and they, you know, stopped all that shit from going on. But I had to go through this whole process of like verifying charges and whatever. And they took care of it. But that was the absolute worst cab experience that I could possibly have had with the exception of getting into an accident or rollover or some crazy shit like that, which could happen in Vegas too. Cause they all drive like assholes. But Definitely, if we go somewhere like that again, I will be running a vehicle. (laughs) 
Long and short. How long did it take for those disputed charges to come off your card? Or, you know, those 21 swipes. Thank God. Yeah, they literally, they went in and the lady was like, no, we see that. Then we see. And the only reason they allowed me to use my card at the ATM was because you have to put a pin in. So even though the card had technically been blocked, you can still use it at the ATM. Like an override sort of a deal. Yeah, because you have a pin number. And I was like, thank God. Because if I would have had to sit there and argue, I literally would have, like, ran home. I would have just, like, got my bags out of his trunk and, like, ran home and left. Do you ever get the feeling, like, things like this happen? To guys like you, oh yeah, like of course. specifically, yeah. like they don't happen to guys yeah. like Eric. Yeah, no, you they, know, they, they only happen, happen to me. To you, they happen to me because I think at the end of the day, it's like God testing me. Or is, is Luke going to hold this guy down and strangle him until like his face turns blue, or is he going to be like an up and up? Citizen and continue forward despite everything that happened. I don't know what's going to happen first. You're going to strangle the guy, or you're going to you're going to stroke out one of the one of the two. One of the two's going to happen. Damn right. So that is my taxi cab driver rant. Jesus, I for sure bad for you, man. Uh, At the end of the day, that was the worst thing that happened to me on the trip, and I still don't care because I had such a freaking. The best part, what I heard out of that, not Mm. the best part, because there were so many highlights, (laughs) is that you only got four hours of sleep. Yes. Now, earlier in the show, Mm -hmm. I told everybody about Goldman. Mm -hmm. Goldman (laughs) told Sergio, myself, and Cowboy, for you guys that don't know, that's the sales guys. Oh, no. At the Olympia, that we didn't have to work on Monday. Mm. So he told everybody, oh, no, no, you don't have to work on Monday. Turns out that wasn't the official word. Ooh. We missed the full day. Damn. We didn't come to work. So I hope you learned your lesson never to listen to Goldman again. We did. That was the thing. It was like, well, why is everybody listening to Goldman? Right. And Goldman said, well, because Eduardo said it was okay. Oh, so, so he the put it back came, on the big Yeah, so the word came, And then Eduardo says, Goldman, I didn't say that. So Goldman, as we all know, has told a white liar too. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're white. At this point, they're like burgundy. Burgundy liars. <laughs> Goldman is the burgundy liar. So, uh you flew it to from Las Vegas, McCarran, yes, to Newark, yes, Newark to Fort Lauderdale, yep, Fort Lauderdale, cabbie home, yes, twenty one swipes, yes, three four hours of sleep, mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts, yep, at work, yep. I didn't even get up till like ten. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry to tell you no, all this all right. stuff. It's all good. But um, that's dedication, funny. man. Yeah, man. Hard hey. work, dedication. It is what it is. It is. It you gotta is. Do what you got to do. Exactly. I, I get it all the way around. And brighter news, though, and I uh, got to wrap the show soon. But I want to, uh, I want you to tell us all about the uh, Redcon riot. Yes, the readiness riot. I'm sorry. Cool. You got. So, guys, we got something awesome coming up. And if you guys are tier operators and you're listening to this or you want to be a tier operator, you're going to want to be involved in this. So let me tell you a little bit about it. November 10th and 11th, we are having a tier operator readiness riot. So essentially what we're going to do is on Friday night, the 10th, we're going to have a group dinner. It's going to be a reservation-only event. It is self-pay, so everybody that kind of comes and pays their own tabs, we're going to hang out, get to know each other, have a great time, followed by a full day of events on Saturday. Saturday's events are basically going to be Seminars headed up by the boss man himself, Aaron Singerman, uh, the silkiest of tubas, Mr. Eric Hart, Joe Bennett, the hypertrophy coach, will be here. We're also going to have the young one, Lawrence Chappie, up there talking about a little bit about marketing and graphics and things like that. I will definitely be speaking to the team, giving them some pointers about the tier operator program and what they can do to move forward. 
And uh, just to keep give some inside information to some new things that are coming into the program towards the end of the year. And then we're going to have a group workout session at the one and only Dragon's Lair, Flex Lewis's Project Flex, which I am super excited about that because I've never been there and I can't wait to check this out. So Joe will be there to help the team and we're really going to put a lot of effort into making sure that this is a phenomenal workout. Lunch is going to be provided for everybody. We're going to have a catered lunch brought in. Then the guys are going to get like a little bit of a break and then we're having a party at the boss man's. So the boss man's place, not his house, really? but at his his uh, on his property, there's a um, like a clubhouse, and we're gonna have it at the clubhouse. Drinks, food, DJ, hanging out, kicking ass, Redcon One style, baby. So if you are a tier operator, you better be excited for this. Hit me up, Luke at RedconOne.com, and send me your confirmation. Get your plane tickets booked. We got a hotel set up for everybody. Group rates, eighty two bucks a night. And if you're not a tier operator but you want to be one, hit me up. What's the date again on that? It's, one? it's November tenth and eleventh. Holy shit! Friday and Saturday. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I, t-shirts going to be involved. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We're going to be making some custom t-shirts. We're going to have some readiness ride tees out there for everybody. Jeez. So it's going to be so a great time. Slip and slide? Are you? Uh, Damn, dude! I'm down for that. Let's do it. Go, but but it's got to be oil, no water. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Little uh, little baby powder at the end. I think Aaron could spring for some chocolate pudding. Hey, that's perfect. You know? We could do like a pool of Jello. Oh. Now we're Bikinis. talking. Now we are talking. Word. Hey, uh, tell me about the beer you were having. It's I can never get to roll off my tongue, dude. Um, will you help me spit it out? Saint Bernardus. Saint Bernardus. It's Saint yep. Bernard, but Saint Bernardus. Yeah. It's like that Saint extra. Bernardus is the is the brewery there over in um, Belgium, and uh, it is a Belgian ale. It's called App Twelve, ten percent alcohol by volume, dude. This is the kind of beer that. You know, you buy this beer, and if you guys saw the picture that I posted on the mentally mentally triggered Instagram page, it's a beer with a cork. Yeah, you know, which you know, you you don't see beer too often done with a cork. So one of the reasons why is because a cork is very similar to like a bottle cap in that it does allow some of the air to escape, but it's a better seal than a bottle cap. So what I'll tell you is that this beer was absolutely phenomenal. Like it's. For a 10% ABV beer, if anybody's ever had anything that's double digits alcohol by volume, they're usually terrible. They're usually very, very boozy. They're usually very strong, very heavy, very hard to drink. This was enjoyable from the first sip to the last sip. It was amazing. The head was phenomenal. You guys saw the head on the beer. Head is always a good thing, no matter if it's beer or anything else. And very good body, very malty, you know, not too bitter, but definitely you can taste the hops. If you guys want to try a good beer, it was about 10 bucks on sale at ABC for that one bottle, which is about 22 to 24 ounces, I believe. Um, Absolutely amazing. St. Bernardus, App 12. I cannot describe how Luke's face lights up. When I he love beer. Talking about this, I I've love never it. seen this. He gets so jolly, dude. I love it. Like before we started recording the podcast, you know, we kind of BS and, and break down what we're going to talk about. You know, if we have any stress, we kind of let it out. Luke's venting to me. I'm venting to him a little bit, <laughs> and then you know, the beer, the beer talk, and you can just see this weight oh, lift off his shoulders, and he's I talking about it. the head and alcohol yeah. by volume. You got acronyms in so there. So good. Gee, look at he's, 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 you know where he's going after work. <laughs> If you, no, if you had it up to you, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. If you could eat whatever you wanted and not gain weight, would you do it? Eat and drink, you know, just be um, indulgent and you look like, uh, you know, abs and the whole thing. Of course. Who wouldn't? Let's be honest. Because you may like to have control over yourself. I'm not saying you're not going to feel shitty. You know that shitty feeling yeah. you get after you eat something really heavy, starchy or something? 
Well, if I was going to feel crappy, then no, because they're because I honestly do like my body is so not used to like fried foods and stuff like that anymore that if I even have like a chick piece of a chicken tender from like one of my kids, because mm-hmm. my eight year old will only eat like chicken tenders and fries. That kid has like the most limited palate of any human being on the earth. Mm-hmm. And let's say I take like a little piece of one of her chicken tenders. It will literally mess up my stomach. My body is just not like well versed or used to like fried foods and stuff like that anymore. So nah, I would have to definitely be, and you guys all know I'm lactose intolerant. Mm. So pizza, you know, the cheese, for some reason, like a real traditional Italian pizza with mozzarella doesn't bother me. But when you start getting like, um, no, when you start getting like pizza hut and Papa John's where they use like the three cheese blend where they put like, they put like cheddar and all kinds of other cheeses in there that messes with my stomach. I can't eat stuff like that. So because of my stomach, I would have to say no. Uh, Luke, you're normally one for a rant, but I've got a rant. Kill it. All right. So I got a vacation coming up here in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam and I are going to Colorado. And just a, it's really a short trip. It's like a four-day trip. It's like a three-and-a-half-day trip. We just want to get out of town for a little bit, come back, kind of regroup, and, and head into the holidays. And normally we have a dog sitter come to the house. Mm-hmm friend of ours comes to the house stays in the guest room you know someone com- you know someone we know very yeah. comfortable we've been through several of these house sitters at this point but we finally found one we like cool but guess what they're out of not time. available not available so shit going through the pet inns across uh south florida and we have three dogs mm-hmm. so it's not like you're talking about no, they're affordable, right? Yeah, this dude, is, they're this, expensive. This is over like tough. fifty bucks a day per dog. Per dog, right? Yeah. So you can do the math really quick. Yeah. Well, I found somebody that puts all three of the dogs in the same crate, gives them this group rate, and we're gonna get out of there for like two hundred and seventy-five bucks. But the I crate, was like, this is great. <laughs> but the crate is the size of one of the dogs. No, no, no. no? Everything, okay. everything okay. from what, on paper, it looked I'm good. Joking, I'm joking. Everything looked good. I told Sam, I was like, before we do anything. We got to go check it out. No. Well, of course. But read the reviews. She talks to the people on the phone. Everything's, everything checks out. Everything's Horrible good. Reviews. The reviews are awful. <laughs> One person calls it like a pet cemetery. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and then she, Sam's only, she found this. She's like, we can't put the dogs there. I'm like, well, no, we yeah. can't. You know? What is their rating? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. The website looked good. The website looked beautiful. But if the reviews suck, then oh, yeah. I can't they're leave like a the... Two, they're like two stars. I can't leave the babies there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got so. my dogs back covered in shit. Yeah, well, yeah. And then you <laughs> review, re- read these reviews and you're like, oh, my God. The dog was in shock for three weeks. I had to take it to the kennel. Oh and, yeah, the, the, the laundry list of things uh, that went wrong with a couple of these reviews were bad. So long story short, we are still looking for... A place that isn't going to cost us a fortune. I told Sam, I was like, the mountains are going to be there. We don't need to go broke putting these dogs up. We can right. just wait for the dog sitter to come back. Right. You know, First now we case. have plane tickets, but you can always, you know, yeah. change the flights. Can, and it stuff. won't cost too much. No, I mean, there's a little bit of inconvenience, but yeah. at the same token, um, I was like, we, we may need to wait on this. So uh, it'll be cowboy. Yeah, well, yeah. Cowboy. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You have three dogs, and I yeah. don't live close. I know. Um, and, and not close to him because he lives local, right? Well, and he lives in an apartment. Oh. So when you have three dogs and your buddy has the dog of his own, yeah. it's like, I can't ask that guy to take care of that's four fine. dogs. Yeah. You know? so, or anybody. I have, you know, I have family, and I, I have an uncle that lives not too far. He's got kids and two dogs of his own. So yeah. it's like, and, and, and they always say, oh, Anytime you need it, but then you feel like a jerk off. Yeah, because you don't want to ask anybody because you're like, you know that if you ask them more than likely, they're going to be like, oh, 
okay. They don't want to. But in the back of their mind, they're like, fuck. Really? That's I gotta exactly watch it. these three dogs for these days. Shit. And then, and then, yeah, and now you owe them <laughs> one. And it's just like, come on, on, man. So uh, I, I told her, I was like, you know, ball's in your court. Yeah, you decide. You know, mm-hmm. you know I, I don't. I want to go, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah, I'm, you not, know, I'm not spending a thousand dollars to kill these my dog. Stupid yeah. dog. Exactly, and that's, that's what I'm like. You got to be out of your mind. Yes. So, if the moons and the stars don't line up, then uh, I'm gonna have to tell her we're gonna take that trip next year. Oh no, um, is what it is. I officially start my diet tomorrow. Like my diet for March. Hold on, hold on, Listen, hold on. No, 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 no. You, you, you quiet down. You quiet down, Luke. Okay, Tony. <laughs> You've been planning this diet for weeks now. No, I just got it yesterday. But we did a show last week. I know. Why didn't you get it last week? I don't know, because he's super busy. Mm. And I'm not giving him a hard time. Cause Mr. Olympia. He's helping me. No, he's got a lot of clients. He's busy. He moved. Oh, he's he moved? Got a ton, yeah, oh. he's got a ton of things going on, so I'm not breaking his balls at all. He sent it to me yesterday. My goal was to try to get shopping yesterday, but with car shopping, uh-huh. I didn't get home until late. Wasn't able to go shopping nor prep. So my wife is shopping for me today. I'll prep tonight. Tomorrow will be my first day officially okay. on the meal plan. The guy who has become officially just known on around here is Swole Dad. Hell yeah. yeah. Swole Dad, brother. I love it when everybody's hollering for Swole Dad from across the room. It's and so funny. Yeah, it's, it's become. Swole Dad. Especially Eduardo. Eduardo's the one who, Eduardo and Monique are the ones who officially started calling me Swole Dad. Yes, yes. And then it trickled down to everybody else. I like that much better than like SpongeBob. I don't like SpongeBob. No, you're you're much better than that. Yeah, we had a Goldman versus Cowboy fight. So stupid fight the other day. Um, Two cats like going at each other. Products were being thrown. (laughs) Mini fridges were being tossed. So stupid. Funny. It was very funny, and I I love how. You know who's always there to break it up? Eduardo. He really is. He's Listen, always, you two stupid bitches. Yeah. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> With the fingers. Yes, it's great. Goldman would have been the shower. Goldman would have been he the shower. Been the golden shower. The, the golden, golden shower. shower. Oh, my God. What just the happened here? The goldy shower. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's do it. The Goldman fight. Okay. So, Goldman's been sick all week. Is he really sick? I don't know. He's got, he's got giant is just sore. I'm going with that one. I'm going with that one. Yeah, he's, he says he's, well, first of all, he says he's going to the neurologist. He's got his brain. His brain's giving him issues. And then he's got a fever. So he's sick. He, he's sick. So he's got all these. And then he, you know, because nobody believes him because he has to provide a doctor's note because yeah. he says he's at the doctor. And no, it's Goldman. I really hope there's nothing really wrong with him because if there is, then I'm going to feel bad. We look like assholes. Yeah. But but he cried wolf how many times? A lot. A lot of wolves. <laughs> if, I mean, if you really want to count, there's... It's a pack. There's, yeah, there's yeah. a pack of wolves running around the office. Yeah. Right but it's definitely one of those things that you... It's almost like he's just pissed off at like the scenario of what's going on, so he's just choosing not to come to work, but yet he's so sick, but he's still putting in sales. Still making deals. True. So, Unless they reached out to him. Doesn't matter. If you're sick and you're in a hospital. Oh, that's bed bullshit. We have phones, we can put in stuff on the phones. I guess so, but you know what I'm saying? I, I, I question I question his real work anyway. Yeah. Being as that he likes to hang out and talk too much during work. And which is the whole reason of the uh, part of the part of the fight. So the 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 the, the doctor's note. Mm-hmm. Because nobody believes him. Did he bring it? And well, he sent a text message to oh. Eduardo and Aaron, probably showing eight forms of proof that he was in the hospital. But that's a guilty conscience, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I look at that as a guilty conscience. Yes. Not as a... I could go to the hospital and say, I just got my dick caught in my zipper. Yeah. And they'll probably admit me. <laughs> but, but if you go to the hospital, we believe you. I know. If he goes to the hospital... We call bluff. We call BS. Yeah. So 
he finally shows up. And now remember, you guys have seen the pictures on the Instagram, on the mentally triggered Instagram. He went, uh, we moved the conference room into what he was using as an office. Right. Which will now be my new office. Which is, well, that's, we'll get to that part in yeah. a little bit. But after three days away off, off of the job, now Luke says he was still put in sales, and he might have been. He, they said he was. I can't confirm that. Actually, I think he might have been putting in some sales. Right. But there's two kinds of sales. The passive sales, where you let the sales come to you, right. or the sales where you're aggressive. Right. And I don't think he was being aggressive. Gotcha. And with that in mind, so he finally comes to work three days later. So he's missed three days of work. Yeah. And Cowboy it's just, doesn't want to hear it. He feels like he's been slacking. He's yeah. not really sick. This, that, the other thing. That... And during the period of this whole him being out, he was pulled and moved in finally to the sales office. Now, that's me, Cowboy, and Sergio, and soon to be Golden. Mm-hmm. You guys can picture this. But he doesn't want to be in there with these hyenas, mm-hmm. present company included. <laughs> so he's fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. Mm-hmm. So finally yesterday, he turns off the lights in this makeshift office with the conference table in it. Right. And Cowboy, and he, he might be on a call, might not be. Looking like hell. I think he looks like Lionel Messi. Yeah. If you want to Google that image. A little bit. With, with the scruff, you know, when, no, he's, when yeah. he's disheveled a little bit. Definitely looks a little bit like maybe he's got a, you know, he's a, he's a what's it called? He's a leper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, he, he's definitely a leper. Um, so there, there we are. Cowboy's messing with Goldman. Oh, yeah. And then Goldman... Loses it. It's a full meltdown. Oh, shit. It's a full meltdown. Fuck you, John! Fuck you! And then wings at him a pre-workout. Really? Misses his head. Holy hits shit. Hits his laptop. No way. Hits his laptop. Dents the laptop. Really? Throws the mini fridge. My food was in the mini fridge. I was not pleased about this. Sam slaved all morning over that food. Not all morning, maybe what? 10 minutes. Whoa, I didn't hear half of this. Yes. Shit. This is news to me, guys. Holy shit. Come on. Keep going. Flips the fridge <laughs> and full-on fastballs a pre-workout, denting the cowboy computer. Why is that okay? I would have, I mean, to my opinion, I don't care how much people fuck with you. If you can't control yourself as a human being, you shouldn't have a job. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't get into that deep into it, however. No, Because cowboy has a sense of humor. Ribbing understands this is all yeah, part of the I, process. But, but the little bit of like what I heard yesterday morning too was I personally stood there and witnessed Eric breaking Cowboys balls for half an hour. Yeah. Oh, you're fat. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Whatever the stupid shit he just kept saying to him over and over again. Yeah. So to me, if they're going back and forth at each other. Yeah. Okay, then be adult about it. Like that just seems to be, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd be fucking pissed. He hit his melting point. Yeah. You see. so Apparently. Because it wasn't just normal ribbing. It was the. His little nipple fuse got burned. Exactly. So today is now Wednesday mm-hmm. and Goldie is not in the office. One of the reasons why I want to bring this up and why we kind of talked about this is um, I look at my schedule. Okay, guys. Now, those of you that are involved in Redcon or the tier operator program, no, I'm busy. I answer emails, I answer text messages until 11, 12 o'clock at night, as long as I'm still awake. I'm constantly doing something. I have three kids. I have a wife. I have a family. I have a bunch of shit to do. So when you tell me that you don't have time to cook food, to eat healthy, to do what you have to do, bull fucking shit. You know why? Because I do. And I am busting my ass. And is it easy? No, it's hard as hell. There's some days where I walk in the front door and I'm like, fuck, I got to cook again? 
But you know what? I do it. Why? Because one, the most important part to me right now is I'm not going to let my coach down. The second part is I'm not going to let myself down because I'm at this point right now where I have an opportunity to work with someone that really knows what they're doing and is really vested in helping me. And I'm going to make the damn best out of it. And I'm going to come out the other end being what I want to be. I'm going to have the body that I want. I'm going to achieve the goal that I finally wanted to, something that I've been fighting for for years because I constantly end up sabotaging myself. So when I hear you guys bitch and moan, oh, I don't have time. I can't eat right. It's so easy to drive through the drive through. You know how much easier it is to walk in your house and put some shit in a pan and cook it? You're lazy as fuck. Stop being lazy. Learn how to actually prioritize yourself, prioritize what your needs and what, what things are important to you. And until you prioritize making your meals, making your nutrition that much more important to you so that you can achieve the goals that you set for yourself, guess what? It's never going to be important. You're never going to have time because you don't really care. So get off your ass, cook your shit, fix your nutrition, get your fat ass to the gym, and let's get to work. Um, UFC was this weekend. It was. Yeah, man. Let's talk about that real quick. Dude. Did you get to see it? Yes. Okay, I went down to the sports bar and watched it. Dude. Yeah. I, you know, watched the live stream. <laughs> hey, I, I, I have done it so much. I've done it where you're watching it on somebody else's screen. Yeah. And then you hear like that coin sound. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know what that is. But I have no clue. And then, yeah, and then like girls showing her boobies that's and you're so watching funny. the fight. Yeah. yeah dude, no, like, I went down to the little sports bar. No, that's awesome. So what did you think, man? I was super surprised because I had. I'm saying I'm saying best card of the year. Yeah, I think so. So far, I mean, I definitely like I put my predictions on Facebook. And um, Eric posted them up. Eric Bassett. He's like, Mm -hmm. hey, who's who's watching this weekend? And I'm like, I definitely had Cody, Joanna, and um, GSP taking it. And and of those three, GSP ended up being the only one to take it home. And that was a fight, dude. Mm -hmm. That was a brawl. Like, Mm -hmm. I was I was impressed. It was cool. I was most surprised at the uh, Joanna yeah. getting uh, beat by Rose in the first round. Bro, that was like, she got beat pummeled. Well, like, she's so intimidating. Yes. Joanna, she get, yeah. she's, she's giving you that face, and, she's, and she just looks down on you. Yeah. And I think Rose was saying the uh, the Lord's Prayer. She was saying that, reciting that. Really? Yeah, so they're nose to nose. Wow. And she's like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to kill you. And Rose is just sitting there. Wow. Saying, talking, yeah. talking Jesus. Talking to Jesus. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then the Lord always out, wins. Some, comes out and beats her ass, man. Dude, um, that was, it was crazy. Do you think she's going to hold the belt or is this um, a one-off or cause th- you know what happened? Remember when Rousey got beat, it yeah. was just like a revolving door. It went to yeah. Holly Holm, the Misha Tate, then I don't know. We'll have to see. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's really going to, it's going to be a big part. We'll see who she fights next and mm-hmm. how she does in that fight. And if she gets torn up in that fight, um, what would you consider? I mean, when you think, of, I think of Joanne, I think she's very well-rounded, mm-hmm. but she's also good on the ground. So, I mean, who, who could, who in that division could Rose go up against right now that would really give her a fight? Do you think other than Joanne? Well, here, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of people in that division right now, which is Jessica and Drage would be a good one. She'd yeah. be a good one. Um, there's not a ton, but it's an up and coming division. Yes, it is. Uh, I think that it's, it's probably gonna be a rematch probably, um, just because it was a first round. It wasn't yeah. like it was like a slugfest five right. five round decision. I mean, it was yeah. kind of a it was Joanna's head in the game sort yeah. of a deal. But she preoccupied with something else because she went out there and she got her ass kicked. Now Rose is good. Yeah, is she that good? Because Joanna, I mean, she, or Joanna's known as a striker. Yeah, so she's knees, yeah. elbows, you know, and she just didn't come out there. She looked a little slow. She did look like she was standing in front of the punches. I noticed. It was, um, it was definitely not. Um, you know what we're used to seeing, not at from all, Joanna at all. But 
who knows? Maybe she could have taken like a, even a glancing blow from in like the very beginning, mm-hmm. that first exchange it shook her. and it shook her. Mm-hmm. So, and then she was just kind of like, whoa, what the hell's going on? So I'd go the rematch. That's what I would yeah, do. I'd so do a rematch. In a rematch. I'm going to, I'm going to take the wild card and go with Rose again. See, I'm going to go Joanna again, or All not right. again, but again but yeah, for the, for the prediction. Um, she's going to learn from it and come out, come out strong. I just think she's the better fighter. Yeah. I think it was a fluke. Okay. I think it was no, a fluke. You could be 100% yeah, 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 right. I, I always like the underdogs. Absolutely. Even though I picked her to win the fight originally because she's just a fucking monster. She's a badass. Yeah. I mean, Rose is a badass. Joanna's a badass. And I think it just makes sense that those two do it again. But it the, the guys who I don't think are going to do it again anytime soon is uh, TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt. No. Because after the fight, I don't know if you heard it, TJ said... Because he was the champion, yeah, and he lost. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I had to work my way back up from the bottom, not yeah. the bottom, but the middle, so basically to like, work his way back up. He says, I'm not just going to give Cody a rematch because he lost the title. Right. So Cody Garbrandt's going to have to go back through the uh, the, the ringer, yeah. yeah, the ranks, and work his way back up. But that's a that's a fun division, 135, oh, just because yeah. they, I mean, they're so fast, they're so quick. It was just funny to me because he was such a cocky bastard during the fight, like Cody flipping him off in the round. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the he's get, known for that. Yeah, I know. And then to get fucking head kicked and almost knocked the fuck out and then mm-hmm. you know punch then he then it was the punch then the exchange on the ground mm-hmm. and then when tj got in his face he jumped he up did, he's like yeah, what, at the end he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like i'll whoop your ass yeah that was you know great. I, mean? I was like yes it was great i thought they were gonna start throwing down again right there mm-hmm. like before the ref got in between but i think cody was still like out of it so what do you do though i mean because you can't fight the guy because you just got your ass kicked yeah. it's like i'm gonna talk shit to you yes that's it i know you can't beat me up right <laughs> just proved it <laughs> so yeah. it was good though yeah it was an overall good fight and then of course the the Bisbang versus GSP fight. Yeah. Was I wasn't hot on that one. I thought it was a good you, fight, but when you watched it, or you mean like after the fact? Well, while watching it, because okay. I mean, I heard some commentators say that GSP's back and he's great, and I was like, mm. I didn't see that. I saw an old GSP. He looked older. Yeah, and yeah. what I mean by yeah. that is, yeah. it was a great fight. I mm. think for two older, mm-hmm. you know, UFC fighters. We talked about it last mm-hmm. week, like how they're both older guys. They've been, in, they, you know, I mean, my Bisbang's been. God, what? Like he's 35, 36. Been in the yeah. UFC since 2006 when he yeah. won the Ultimate Fighter. So we're talking about 11 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's been fighting for 11 years, and he's had a lot of matches in that time. Mm-hmm. And Bisbang's got 5,000 minutes in the ring, mm-hmm. like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Even with four years off, it looked like two older mm-hmm. season, but but very good fighters going against each other. Yeah. But you definitely, he lost a step. Like, George wasn't as fast yeah. as we've seen him in the mm-hmm. past. There I thought he looked good. Times. He looked good. good. Yeah. Absolutely. But not. And for a guy that's been off four years, yeah. looked great. Came back fantastic. But, like, when you compare, like, the romanticizing that we all do of George St. Pierre, it's like, yeah. gosh, I think if he had to go against some maybe Woodley in the 170, oh, or yeah. even if he had to go up and fight a rock hold or somebody like that in 185, I don't know. I just, I don't think, I don't think it'd go very well. No, I don't think so. Um, I know I they're talking about a super fight. Step, yeah. Well, I think they're talking about a super fight possibly with GSP and Connor mm. at a catch weight. Wow. But again, if you got gsp walking around at 190 yeah. and he comes down or 200 and he comes down mm-hmm. and you have connor who probably walks around 165 170 mm-hmm. right that's that's an interesting meet in the middle i don't know if they'll do it but that's what the way ufc is going it's it's all super fights yeah you know they're they're doing these big who's money, a good matchup yeah. yeah yeah but that's i mean you look at it and the reality is is that it, you know it, it could go either way for both fighters but i think the one who has a lot more to lose in that situation is the one who needs to be heavier. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. when they're used to fighting, and we saw the first fight with Connor mm-hmm. and um, Nate Diaz, like mm-hmm. Nate Diaz, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When no Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, he he came out, he was just slow. He wasn't the Connor that we all know mm-hmm. because he was heavier and he wasn't used to fighting mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he weighed in at 
170 and then mm-hmm. went out to fight at 162. Right. You know better. Like, he weighed in at 170 or 172 or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he probably went out to fight at, like, almost 180 because he probably ate. And well, no, not Connor because Connor – so. no, 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 because Connor has he trimmed down to 145 before. Okay. So when he walks around normally, he's 165, 170. Gotcha. So he probably weighed in at 170 right. and fought at 170. Okay. So he probably didn't put on that, like, that post. Because he's not a big guy. Like, his, gotcha. his, his, yeah. his, his, his two titles in the UFC are 145 and, and 155. Yeah. So up to 170 is just him right. walking around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but if you remember, even after John Jones's last fight that he won when he beat Daniel Cormier, mm-hmm. uh, he was talking about a super fight, right. maybe with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and it's like that's what the nature of UFC is going in. It's yeah. not. It's not one versus two or champion versus yeah. one, number one contender. A lot of it's just. What's going to be the biggest pay per view draw? It reminds me of like the old Pride days. Because remember, oh, like, well, Pride had tournament. Yeah, yeah. But they would do like a, if you ever saw some of their like the exhibitions, they would mm-hmm. do like big mm-hmm. fights mm-hmm. where you would take like people that you would never expect to fight mm-hmm. against each other. Sometimes, kind of like back to the old UFC days where mm-hmm. they, they didn't have weight classes, right? You know, you have like a Hoist Gracie fighting against like a three hundred pound monster. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Hoist would win because uh-huh. he'd get him in a submission, and the big guy couldn't get away from him, mm-hmm. but. It was just that some of that stuff is like wow. Like I watch it and I'm like, hmm, mm. what if we go back? I don't like the three hundred, like the giant no, discre- yeah. discrepancy. Like I don't want to see GSP versus Lester. It no, doesn't do it, it for me. No. Um, again, talking to your point, when you talk Connor and GSP, you got cardio issues then because yeah. then you got a smaller guy. He's not as powerful, right? But he can go longer. Where George mm-hmm. is going to gas out, maybe. But yep. you know, he's always been known to to have the cardio. But with his added muscle, yeah, it's only a it's and only a matter of time. He's got a punch. So would I mean being a heavier guy and being stronger, just take one solid hit. To we know Connor's got a chin, but I don't know, man. Like you could say you got a chin until you get hit by a two hundred pound dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know and saying? then it's a whole different yeah. ball game. Um, overall, though, man, I was really excited about that card and. Uh, there's tons of UFC events coming up uh, throughout the rest of the year, so mm-hmm. and almost every weekend. So, um, well, some of these tier operators that you love so much, I know you bastards. W- we made an oath, and you broke the oath. Were I'm just kidding. It's fine. Were tipping me off with videos they and texts and pics and all sorts of stuff Turds. that were there, yeah. snooping on you, uh, being your own accountability coach. I know. Because everybody's been following your diet. I know. They listen to the show. Mm-hmm. They follow the progress on the internet. They do. Social media. I know. We talk about it. We hype it up. We do. You know, we. You're, we, look, you're looking at me right now with disappointment in your Well, uh, first we start off with the cinnamon rolls. <laughs> that was not starting. All right. First we start off with the cinnamon Do we need to backtrack to the Meisner dinner on Friday? No. I had, Where do we start I with your tuna. seared tuna? Yeah, that was it. So. But what else was eaten off the menu? Not what was on the menu. Water. That was it. No cheese fries? No. Friday night, I was good. Oh. Saturday, we had bole for lunch. But I'll tell you exactly what I had. I had steak, I had broccoli, and I had tomatoes. Like, that's the meal yeah. that I had. I didn't okay. have any of the rice. I didn't have any barbecue chicken. Okay. I stayed good in terms of, I didn't eat on plan, but I stayed good with what was there. Yeah. Party is a different story. Okay. Now, tell party, me about the party. What happened? Party, there were hors d'oeuvres. So, yeah. they had, like, these little quinoa Can you spell hors d'oeuvre? H O E R S. So they had these little hors d'oeuvres. They had like quinoa cakes with like little like tomatoes on. What top. food group is quinoa? 
I don't, I don't know. It's like protein <laughs> slash seeds, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but they had these little quinoa cakes. They had like these little vegetable pizza slices things. They had. Oh, those are your bagel blades? No, they were uh, like. No, this is Aaron's place. I forgot. Pieces. Yeah, this yeah. is gourmet. There was. Was Wolfgang there or was he not in attendance? He was in the back. He came uh, out a couple times and just like. Oh, yeah. And they went back and went back in. Went back in. I get it. Yeah. It was funny. That's the B squad. Aaron <laughs> prefers Gordon Ramsay. So. <laughs> it was so funny. And then they had like uh, like um, flank steak with chimichurri sauce mm. on it, you know, whatever. They had avocado egg rolls. They had um, the only thing of the the appetizers that was probably considered like really, you know, not good because everything else was pretty decent in terms of like what what the makeup was. Like it was nothing fried or anything crazy like that until you got to they had these little chicken and waffle things. But they, oh, bro, they, they literally passed. Here we go. No, they literally passed that tray one time. I never saw them ever. Because you what? What, what no, I had one. Uh, I had one. One tray? One tiny little uh, piece. And it's literally a waffle that big around, like the size of a half dollar. Yeah. And a little piece of chicken on it, like that big. I mean, but so. you were popping them in your mouth. Pop, no, pop, I had pop, one. Pop, pop, pop. I had one. One. But still, it was off plan, of course. Okay. And then the food, the food was fantastic. Yeah. The food was really not bad. Like, How many calories do you think were in one of these little... Probably, out, probably like little poppers. Probably like 100. I would imagine. You polished off out? Not, one. Not one tray? No, I had one, I promise. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you every minute. Okay. okay. So carry, carry on, carry on. We had filet mignon. It was a carving mm. station. So we had filet mignon. I had three pieces of filet mignon. Like three, so when you say three, three pieces. Three slices. Okay. Small slices. With a little bit of... Um, this isn't like, like Texas Day Brazil where no. they keep slicing until you flip the coin no, and then no. Luke forgets to flip the coin. And, uh, no, I would okay. leave the coin open. I know you would. Okay. And then the... Uh, and it had like grilled mushrooms with it, which was good. Butter, it had, butter. Probably butter yeah, on there. I mean, yeah, they cooked yeah. butter. Um, they had grilled chicken. I didn't have any grilled chicken because I was like going to beef cake that day. So Too I healthy stuck with or steak. What? No, it just oh. I didn't. It was kind of. I don't know if you were going all the way over no, on the other no. side. It was kind of dry. Okay, like it was one. It sat in a pan mm-hmm. on the side, and I had I took chicken one piece. can do that. Yeah. yeah, and I took one cut of it, and it was kind of dry. Mm. But then they had like roasted potatoes, but they were like purple, those purple potatoes. They had mashed sweet potatoes. They had chef salad, like a garden salad, and. <laughs> Um, a Caesar salad, which mm-hmm. I didn't have. I didn't have salad because I've had enough salad. But I had some of the mashed sweet potatoes and I had steak. Did you put the, um, marshmallow on top? No, there oh. was no marshmallows. <laughs> but that was the food. Like it was. It wasn't. It's not like they had. You but know, what like about where, where did where does the cinnamon buns come from? That was dessert. So okay. they passed the trays. And so cinnamon buns were there. Uh, yeah, they were these little tiny cinnamon buns. Uh, so a minute ago they didn't exist. I didn't say that. I said it's at the end. I'm getting to that. So, but I stood. I stayed 100 percent true to what I said. I did not raid the dessert table. I had one of each. So they passed. They came around. They had these little eclair things. They had little cinnamon buns, and they had little. Goldman meat. told me about the eclairs. Yeah. And they had, <laughs> he said you were caught with several of them. I had one. And they had little pecan pies. And the little and and they did have sugar cookies, but I didn't have one. I'm not big on sugar. No, because after you've already had the pecan pies yeah, and the, the eclairs. Why the hell you want sugar? <laughs> and these little poppers and the steak and the yes. right. So <laughs> that was the extent of the food. You know, and it, how many calories do you think you consume? Just I don't from dinner to midnight. Real maybe two thousand. So no, like Michael Phelps action. No, no, come on, dude. No. Like I literally woke chocolate up, chip pancakes. No, oh. I literally woke up the next morning a pound lighter. Really? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like wow. I didn't have my normal. Were day you of, like, dancing? Seven meals. Were you dancing? No, but I was running around all day. Mm-hmm. I trained hard as hell at flexes. Mm-hmm. I did cardio in the morning. Mm-hmm. Nothing faltered from mm-hmm. my normal day other than the food. But I didn't have my normal like six, seven meals. I only had mm-hmm. I, I had two ounces of oats and 
um, six ounces of chicken in the morning. That's my normal like breakfast meal. And then I had bowl A at lunchtime, that one little bowl. And then I had the dinner. That was it. I literally like spaced everything out and saved my calories because I knew that it was going to be like an off day. Were you overcome with guilt? After? No, not at all. Did, did you count your points? No, oh. not at all. Like I, that's the funny part is that, like I said, like the way that I planned this day out, I did it to where I could eat, per, you know, pretty much what I wanted for that dinner mm-hmm. and not go crazy. And I didn't. Like I didn't. Like two months ago, I would have probably polished off one of those dessert trays. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself because I had self control. I didn't like like they even at the end they laid they took one of each dessert and they put these trays on the TV stand. Mm-hmm. I didn't even touch it. Eduardo is actually the one who finished off the last pecan pie. Well, he would. He's through his wedding and he's feeling he destroyed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so back to uh, back on track here. Yeah. Your diet update. Mm-hmm. You lost a pound. What's the body weight as of today? Two seventy two sixty seven point five. Holy shit! That's what I was this morning. And what were you one week ago? Two sixty. When I, I think when we did the show last week, I was two seventy one. You were definitely in the 270s. Yeah, I need to write that down. Yeah. So, because I know Friday I was 270, 269. So, I'm down 23 and a half pounds since starting with Mark. And I'm down, what? Almost 40 pounds since starting with Renka. Um, I had an interesting thing happen to me the other day. I got a, I get pedicures. Okay. okay. Do a lot of cardio. Yeah, it's manly. Mm-hmm. I don't have nasty feet. Well, here's the truth is, Thanksgiving this weekend, I want to be barefooted yeah. around my house. I don't want to have pterodactyl feet walking around <laughs> like my... Mine. Walking around my parents. <laughs> yeah, it's, it actually makes that little... Yeah, every time you Yeah, I can't have that. So, you know, like you go get a pedicure. It's a good time to do it. Going to see the folks for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, get, picture this story. It so it's me and Sam. And... There's three technicians. Okay. Nail technicians. Yeah, what can we help? What can we help you for? Uh, to manicure, or pedicure. She's getting the manicure, pedicure. I'm getting the pedicure. Well, I have to wait while she gets her manicure first. Okay. Okay. So she gets the manicure. She's getting the nails, and I'm there waiting. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm picking my nose. I'm just. <laughs> uh, and I notice there's a female working on her, mm-hmm. a male working on a woman, and another woman working on another woman, mm-hmm. and me sitting there by myself. Uh-oh. 20 minutes pass by, still waiting. 30 minutes pass by, still waiting. Sam's, uh, Sam's pedicure is just about wrapped up. The guy had finished his pedicure, mm. or his manicure, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sam's woman starts to take her over there to get the water warmed up on the feet. Yeah. And what happens? The dude. The dude walks up and says, we're ready for you. And I'm oh. thinking, oh, we'll do a little switcheroo. Sam will get the guy, I'll get the girl. No. No, no he was about it. He was about it, all right. He looked, first of all, do the visual. He looked just like uh, the Asian guy on The Hangover. <laughs> you know what I'm talking Mr. about? Chow. Yeah, he was Korean. Leslie. Yeah, Big bush, I'm sure. A little, oh little button for a dong. That's yeah, hilarious. that's the same guy. He was, And wow. he had the long crackhead fingernails. Did he really? It was gross. Like, it was gross, like long. Yeah. Put gloves on, thank God. I proceeded to close my eyes the whole time. I didn't open my eyes the did entire you chew time. chew on your toes? I, if he did, I didn't know. You wouldn't know. I didn't care. <laughs> you were just like, ah, just do it. But the whole, for the whole reason I go to get a pedicure, as much as I like to have good-looking toenails if you I'm around. it feels good. It feels good, Luke. Yeah. It, nothing feels good. When a dude's touching you. And it looks like Mr. Chung. That's so funny. No. Dude. I guess if it looked like Tom Cruise, it would have been oh, any better. But <laughs> very bad. Oh, you're very bad feet. Oh, they stink. Oh. <laughs> yes, that was it. That was it. 
<laughs> well, that's the best part. When you have Mr. Chung, dude, that's so he funny. starts off barehanded. Yeah. You know you have gross He's feet, though. Here, no, you know you have gross feet, though, when even Mr. Chung puts, puts on, on rug gloves. gloves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. He, so that was. He didn't um, just put on any gloves. He put on leather gloves. That was filth. Um, gloves, that's fine. And it happens to me probably once out of every. 30, yeah. 30, so maybe once every four years, you get, you get a I get a dude, yeah. and it's something I never Did he use the clippers, or did he have to break out the ground? That's the other thing he did. Let me tell you this. <laughs> he did it backwards. Oh, no. Okay, first of all, ladies, you understand. You put, maybe you do, Luke, you understand. Mm-hmm. You put the cuticles in the water yeah. to soften them, them up. up. Yeah. He starts clipping my toenails dry. And you're like, no. I'm like, this is how we get an infection, yeah. an ingrown toenail. Mm-hmm. No respect. Nope. God damn it. Damn it, Mr. Give Trump. me the woman next you time. Son of a bitch. Some, and that's the thing. Sometimes women are better at certain oh, jobs yeah. than men. Yeah. Would you? How would you feel if you had a man, uh, say you're getting knee surgery mm-hmm. and you got to stay overnight yeah. and they need to put a catheter up your little wiener? Oh, man. What if it's a man? What if it's going to go inverted? You're going to go backwards. Yeah. They're gonna you're not going to grow? They're going to have to dig in my body to find it. Dig in. Yeah. Root around a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh, like, Wait, no. where'd it go? Like, Dude, <laughs> leave me alone. Give it to me. I'll do it. I'm an expert at this. <laughs> <laughs> you start jamming it in yourself, <laughs> squeezing it in. Dude, that hurts. Get a little wetness from your mouth to like get oh, a little lube dude, around it. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh no! What motivates you guys to do better? What motivates us to do better? So, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take a general answer to this, and I'm not gonna take it for what I'm thinking, which is like you know, um, fitness and stuff like that. I'm gonna take it for just a general day to day kind of thing. What motivates me generally to do better is not wanting to let people down, mm-hmm. and I know that that's um, it's probably a kind of a cliche answer, but it's the truth for me because. When I came here, I genuinely got a huge opportunity to be involved in not only a brand, but an industry that I believe in, that I'm passionate about. And in doing that, I have an obligation to this team, to my boss, to all of you guys to do the best that I can each and every freaking day. Mm-hmm. So when I get here and even to my family, I mean, so that I can provide for them the best life that I possibly can. So to me, that's my driving force. You know, I come in here every day and it doesn't matter if it's an email, a text message, Facebook, you know, whatever the case may be. My goal is to do do it this time better than I did it last time. And that's just what drives me every day. So that's a good answer, man. What motivates me more than anything, uh, you know, it's like you. It's it's yeah. it's all these it's it's that same resonating sound of I don't want to go backwards. Yes, absolutely. It is that it's that relentless I have to get better. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that made me a good football player, good student, bodybuilder. It's yeah. I want to be better than I was the day before. Yep. You know? Two yep. percent better. You know, right. whether it's five pounds to the bar or remembering to say, Hun, you look great. You know, yes. all those all little, those little things, things, just what motivates me is to be better. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm it's definitely a fear. I have been on unemployment before. I have been broke, broke, broke before. Yeah. And I don't want to go back. Yeah, yeah, I mean I don't want to go back. Yeah. And uh, I'm far from Aaron. But I'm uh, not where I was. So that is forward prog- you know, progress, and yeah. um, that's what motivates me. And it's, in, you know, obviously the things you said, too, I want to echo. I don't want to let anybody down. Yeah, man. You know, you have a lot of people counting on you, yep. um, myself included. You know, mm-hmm. I, have a, I hold myself to a high expectation. So right. I want to uh, do good. Yep. <laughs> I want to do right. good. Yeah. So it's, a lot of it's just for, for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. 
Andrew Lauded. I get your name right, Andrew. I spelled it phonetically. <laughs> uh, if a doctor tells you, uh, excuse me, if a doctor tells you to hold in on training due to an injury or you know coming out of post surgery, do you guys personally take time off from everything, or do you work around it? For me, um, kind of it depends, and there's certain things that you can work around. There's certain things that you can't. And when I tore my quad, it was probably the only time that I gen- that I genuinely took. A period of time completely off um, because I couldn't I genuinely couldn't do anything and even when you because you don't realize how much you use like your leg for stabilization mm-hmm. for even like a bench press you know like your feet are down on the floor you're trying to stabilize your 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 core and you're using like your feet just to balance your body out and when my quad you know was torn I mean it, it just I couldn't everything felt wobbly I didn't mm-hmm. feel good so that's probably the one time that I genuinely did take I took about six weeks that I didn't mm-hmm. really do anything um, I did, I would go in and like sit in a chair and do some curls and things like that to keep my arms going, do some laterals, you know, stuff like that. But I didn't do any leg workouts or anything like that. I eased back into that slowly. But in the past, like I, I have a, a herniated C6, C7 in my neck. And I, there was a time when I was told not to overhead lift, not to do any of that stuff. And I just slowly eased my way back into it. But I continued to train throughout the entire process, mm-hmm. train through the pain. Mm-hmm. I just did what I could do and didn't push myself on the things that I knew caused me pain or caused me. A lot of it, would, it wouldn't be during training. It'd be like the next day. I'd like wake up in the morning and I could barely move. My arm would be like down by my side because I couldn't even lift my arm up because the nerve pain was just so bad. My fingers would tingle. Mm. But I think it's just the athlete in us and that driving force behind why we do this to begin with makes it very, very difficult for us to just stop completely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I've always um, pushed it. I've yeah. pushed it. I, I, I take time off when I absolutely need to. Mm-hmm. And if I physically can't get in the gym because I'm going to keel over and die if I do. Like, yeah. you know, I've had many surgeries. Um, my ACL, I was back lifting weights. Uh, probably about 10 days post-op. And then again, of course I was on crutches. Um, so I tore my ACL on my right knee. I want to say a month after surgery thereabouts, I started doing single leg leg press Nice. and then it was single leg step ups (laughs) along with rehab and all the other physical therapy. And, um, I've always bought into that theory of when, if you train the other side of the body, that's healthy. When you get back to training, you know, the injured part, it's going to respond and, yeah, and bounce back mm-hmm. quicker than if you just took all the time off in the world. Yeah. I don't think blood flow, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Making so, sure that the nerves are, um, are, uh, activated, firing and, firing and, yeah, and yeah. stuff like Plus that. Plus it keeps the discipline. Yeah. If you say you tear a pec, I did, I tore a pec in 2011 off the bone and I didn't train chest for almost six months. Mm-hmm. But I didn't let it all go to shit. Right. I mean, you know, I, I you, know, you do shoulders, you work around it, you do mm-hmm. cardio, you want to, you know, you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a doctor tells you to stay off of the affected area, that's when you should stay off the affected yes, area. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know, like I said, tore my, tore my pec, didn't train chest for six yeah, months. So if you're actually hurt, that's a different story. Different story. Yeah. All right. Um, we got Big Hitman. I listened to Hani's interview, Hani Rambod's interview on Mark Bell's podcast after you recommended it last week. What are your thoughts on FST7, on his FST7 training system? And have either of you incorporated FST7 sets into your workout regimen before the big hit, man? Have you? Um, I did back in the day, probably 09, 08. Um, and then I read about FST7, and I don't think you can really do what he says you can do. I don't think the fascia can be stretched. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. 
Okay. I don't think it can, um, from what I understand. Um, it just doesn't work like that. Right. Um, but I do think there's something to uh, flexing between sets. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love that, that volume that he puts in and that short break. I don't think there's any science to it. I think right. there's just a lot of smoke right. and mirrors and bro science mm-hmm. and Hani being a marketing genius. And, you know, yeah, that's about it. I got you. I've never, f- like, f- like, followed it like his idea of it or actually downloaded his plan or done anything like that. But I'm de- definitely hearing him describe it like on Mark Bell's power. Cause I've definitely trained that way before, you know, a lot of like uh, a lot of the stuff that I've always done has been like higher volume, you know, lots of um, fast back to back sets with very little rest. And I'm always, Eduardo picks on me and breaks my balls about it all the time. Cause I'm always the one in the mirror in between my sets flexing and doing, Oh, I see you out yeah, there. So that, yeah, baby. Says, yeah, 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 you know? yeah, 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 yeah. When you got it, you flaunt it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't got it. When, you when you're by yourself in here, yeah. are you popping the shirt off and doing the whole Yesterday thing? Yesterday I did, actually. Yeah. You know there's cameras in here. Look. Sorry. If they yell at me because it's like, hey, put your shirt back on, you fat ass. What if they go on the go troll on. page? It's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll laugh. Because I'm not, right now I'm not embarrassed by that. I would have been, but, you know, a while ago. Last <laughs> night was actually the first night. Oh, I just want to see your routine. I, I know you got a routine. Do you do all the mandatories? Yeah. Do you go into, like, sequence, though? Like, no. are you, like, I can just picture, like, you know, Yankee Stadium. Uh-huh. Luke. Luke, Luke. <laughs> and I just... Uh, and then you do a front double bicep, yeah. Or do you play like the epic music, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> you sound it in. You that do, would be awesome. You do your Cedric and Mellon posing your team. I'm going to do that tonight now. Dun, dun, dun. Since Aaron and them aren't back and Eduardo's probably going to take off early, I'm going to do like my own posing routine tonight. What do you mean Eduardo's going to take off early? I don't know. Like last night he was out here. He didn't train. No. Yeah, he just All right. Cats Not away. early, like yeah. before you're supposed to, but early as in he didn't work out. Cats away, the mice will play. Is that <clears> you're <throat> saying? Okay. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you for enduring episode 20.5 of Mentally Triggered, the best of 2017. Looking forward to an even better 2018 and tons more episodes for you guys. First new episode of 2018 will record next week and will air live on Friday. We thank you guys so much for liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. We thank you for all all of you guys that are out there that have supported us and reposted our postings from Instagram, told your friends about the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough. Use our code MENTAL20 for 20% off at redcon1.com. This is going to be huge for us because we're really going to show the team, uh, all you guys out there that enjoy the podcast, listen to the podcast, and really pay attention to what we do. We thank you guys so much. Be sure to follow us all on Instagram at redcon1salesguy, at swoledata3, and at mentally.triggered, as well as redcon1. You know, we have the best line of supplements out there, so check us out. See you next time.